From downtown, this is Tim Kitsa from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka. This week on Nintendo Main, we got an Indie World Showcase, and we're going to break it down. Wait, there's an end to this game? Got my setup. Setup. episode 346 your place to hear nintendo fans talk about new surprise directs that just come out of nowhere a couple days ago got another indie world showcase happening this week and we will break that down but first let's introduce ourselves in case you don't know um i'm trey is re village better than re4 johnson i'm jeremy put that story in my sports Mikowski. i'm john back in the pack knitter so why don't we start off the show by not like we normally do, but by going right into the indie world showcase, and then we That's will talk about, hear, right? and then we'll talk about what it's we the important stuff, what we have been doing after that. Let's put the put the title up front here, or the main topic up front right here. So yeah, we had this uh, we had this out of nowhere uh, indie world showcase twenty five minute thing. I watched it a couple times because I actually had to I had like two doctor's appointments today, so I watched it silent, like in the waiting room. Because I, you know, so the but so I watched it once silent, and then I watched it again with with uh, sound on. And watching it silent was great because I missed out on all those stupid puns. They're in every one of these uh, indie directs, so wasn't that bad. And a lot of these companies are actually uh, not, you know, not English speaking from other countries, so they're subtitled, so you can kind of figure out what's mm-hmm. going on anyway. But there were still there were some big surprises on there. Actually, I thought the whole like the last two reveals were pretty much like ah, uh, like they were the big things for me. So I was happy about that. But yeah, let's say let's start off. So at the very beginning, there's a movie. That movie. Uh, there's a game called Venba. It, it, it kind of looks like a visual novel mixed with uh, cooking. Cooking narrative. Yeah, a little bit of Cooking Mama, but with a little bit more emotion to it. Sensitivity. It looks looks like an interesting, intimate story. They say it's about an immigrant immigrant mother who comes to Canada in the 1980s and uses cooking to teach her kids about their culture. It's a pretty cool idea. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. To me, I got it looked like a you know a visual novel, interactive novel with cooking yeah. elements. It's kind of it's kind of what I gathered from it. I'm really interested in this game, um, especially well, price will help, but just the the whole you know the whole immigrating to Canada in the '80s, like that's just that's cool. Like have we, I don't know if I've ever played a game where that was the the basis, and uh, learning a little bit about Indian culture and Indian like cuisine, especially because I've tried to cook some Indian food myself recently. And I looked up like, because I noticed one of the videos in here was, or one of the uh, recipes they had you making was a biryani and you were uh, layering it in the pan. And that's important to how you make it with toasting spices and adding the ingredients in a certain order. And this is something I've always been super intimidated by, like all the recipes I've read to make like real biryani. It's like, it's too scary. I'm afraid I'll mess it up. Is that is that like the tower of food that they were creating? Like the one that was really tall? Well, they they made a thing like inside of a tall, inside yeah. of a cylinder thing, and it was like a tower. It was like a big, 
And that was it, I saw that and I was like I was like, "Whoa, what's that? I've never seen that before." I don't think so. But uh maybe that's just the presentation of it all, but yeah, I, I find Indian food well delicious for one, but as a cook, I'm really interested to learn like how to cook and I don't necessarily think this is going to teach me how, but maybe it'll sort of give me some give you some idea. Some idea, yeah, about maybe how uh, certain spices interact with each other and stuff. Because there's a lot of spices in Indian cooking that I don't really see anywhere else. And uh, generally, you're just kind of throwing it all together and it tastes great. But I would be interested to know like a little bit more of the history of the spices in particular. I don't know if that'll happen in the game. but I hope that they cool. utilize the uh, you know, the handheld nature of the Switch for this game. That they actually, like as you learn the recipes in the game, they actually may, maybe go into a cookbook so you can actually take your Switch into your kitchen and, and cook the thing. I think that'd be a cool idea that would be cool. a little bit of wasted opportunity if they don't actually teach you how to cook i mean i do have america's test kitchen on my uh ds, and I, <laughs> DS I, yeah. I never look at that yeah so <laughs> i don't know if i need a cookbook on my switch but still in particular indian cooking is something i'd like to learn a little bit more about so who knows maybe this would actually teach me something so, so but you don't know what the thing is that they're cooking in well, the, they said in, in the silo indian. no i only watched the through the video the one time but i would just Happened to catch the one thing I was like, oh, I recognize that biryani. That's something I wanted to make, but I find intimidating. And I don't know, just it stuck out to me for that reason. Yeah, I just wanted to, it, it's there was a thing that like you were stacking. I thought it was rice, but you're like making levels. But it was in a big like cylinder silo looking mm-hmm. thing that was on top of a grill. And I'd never seen anything like that before. And I was like, oh, well, what's that? So that's what I was thinking. And, and like, you know, probably possibly making like curry in there too. Or Yeah, no, I'm intrigued by it. And I thought the art, the art looked really good. The, the food looks good in there also. And there's a cat in the video, so I like that. I like anything that has a. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, I guess uh, Jess was saying that that's the that's the pandemic, right? That now we can now we can shoot videos and have cats walk all over us in the yep. in there, and it's accepted because so many people who worked from home and Jess works from home now too. And uh, and yeah, and, and Tanuki like walks all over the computer all the time by the window. There. To be fair, that's been happening with dogs for quite a while because. People are getting more and more comfortable taking their dogs just about anywhere, and places are becoming more accepting of dogs being brought into their businesses and stuff. Comfort dogs. We should just be able dogs. to have. We should be able to have comfort cats. I'm saying, put them in a bag, bring them with you. <laughs> they probably wouldn't like that. Most of them. Yeah, I don't know. Some. I mean, some of them like. You would be comforting the cat. <laughs> the cat would bring comfort to you, but you would not bring comfort to the cat. Correct. And that's coming out in spring of 2023. So that's that's for next year. It's still it's still kind of a ways away. Then after that, it's um it's basically uh I don't know a story story type game. Uh, Goodbye world. Basically, you're you're two people trying to create a video game, but you also have to have regular jobs to support yourself at the same time and somehow mm-hmm. not lose your friendship in the process or your partnership or whatever. Sounds, uh, yeah, sounds like a yeah. like a real thing, and it's cool that you. I think you're making the game for for Game Boy, for original Game Boy. It kind of looks like Kirby, like if you watch watch what they're playing on there. Right, and they said that the game that you're making within the game is a retro puzzle platformer. Oh, okay. And that one's coming out this month. Yeah, that one that one's coming out later this month. But yeah, the, the footage the footage of the game like totally reminds me of Kirby. Like the little character looks like Kirby. So. And then they're playing on a little handheld thing, and obviously is modeled after the original Game Boy Advance, like black and white, you know, green and light green, whatever you want to say. Game Boy Advance wasn't like that; it was full color. Game Boy Regular? Did I say Advance? You did. I meant Game Boy. I meant Game Boy Original, not Advance. It was Advance in my mind when it came out. <laughs> Next up is Have a Nice Death. I think this game looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's an action two D roguelike where you are Death and you're 
like it seems like you're managing the underworld or something like that. But that's an action game, and you're you're you got these uh you know cool action moves, and it's a uh, the the illustrations, the animation look really high quality. So I don't know if I, I'm going to get this one, but it, it has my interest. It kind of had a uh, bit of a um, almost cuphead look to it. Kind of. I mean, it's very it's very well animated. I can agree it, looks, it. Yep. it looks hand drawn, and you know, you you walk around and use your scythe. In the in the video, they said something about how you can't die because you're death. So I don't know mm-hmm. how that actually works. Like for it to work as a you know as an action platformy type thing, if you don't if you can't get killed, like what's the I mean, how are you going to work that into the game? So I was kind of interested in that. Can't way. help but compare it to Hades in my mind, just because I mean that's in that movie. Well, in that game, rather, you're you're not death, but you're the son of death, and you can't really die because you're immortal. So yeah, it's also a roguelike. But I guess yeah. you did. But I guess you still like fail or whatever, right? And then you get brought back. And I'm sure there's something like th- similar to that. Like you will fail the part, but you'll just start from a different part. But you're not actually dying. Like I'm sure they'll write that into the story. And that's uh, and, so. and it's a Gearbox too. Interestingly, published by Gearbox, and it's coming out March 22nd of next year. So that one was kind of like, oh, it, you know, that was the first one. I was like, oh, it looks. Uh, I mean, it looks interesting. Like the animation looks looks interesting. That that type of thing. Then after at, after that is Akka, which Akka kind of first thing I thought was uh was Tunic, except you're a big a big raccoon instead. <laughs> That's what I I know. Did it's they not ever tunic. mention? I know it's not like Tunic at all. Say that you're a red panda. I mean, obviously you are, but do they ever mention that when they're explaining it? I don't think they did. Because I was like, is that a raccoon or a red panda? Like, it's probably a red panda. They but... don't say what you are. Like, yeah. I'm, I don't think they yeah. say exactly what you are. I I thought that you were a big raccoon. Because mm-hmm. of your big tail, but I mean, I mean, red yeah. pandas are essentially, sure. yeah. I don't know if they're directly related, but they're similar in function. Sure, but it was like the first thing I thought was tunic just in look, but I mean, I'm sure it's not at all like tunic in gameplay. Right, it's got the three quarters view, and because it's much, it's much more chill. You're a, not a fox or a red panda or whatever. Yeah, it, it has that kind of look, but it's a different kind of game. In fact, they said it's an open world game, so you're, you're like walking around doing tasks and stuff. So that's coming out on December fifteenth. And I don't know. I'm not really that interested in that one. It's a, yeah, that's, that's that, that's this month. Yeah. That, that one's kind of like, I mean, I thought it looks nice, but I don't, you know, I don't see myself necessarily getting it. Did it get a, some, some of these, some of these got a, got pre, got pre-orders already on the, on the eShop too. Yeah. There's a number of them on there. Uh, How have a nice death is on there for twenty four ninety nine, And I guess that's all that's on there that we've mentioned so far as a, as a pre it's a, you would think the stuff that was coming out like next month would be, would be on here, but, but no, I mean, I like the way the characters looked. I like the way the animation is and all that. I'm into the next one for sure. Uh, Pepper Grinder. It's a puzzle action oh, yeah. game. You're you're drilling around, uh, driving a drill through the ground around 2D puzzles. Uh, I just like the style of it. Plus, it's a Devolver game, and I don't know. They've not missed with me yet. Yeah, actually, that was, this was the first one I was really excited about that I saw on the list was the Pepper Grinder. I was like, oh, I'll get that game. And it's it's almost, it. you know, it feels like a... Drill like like like, right? like a platformer, but with drilling, and also I kind of thought of it like a much faster uh, Steam World dig. You you played Drill Dozer, right? Uh, That's what it reminded me of. Did I? Oh, was that the? Know, there was a demo for that, right? Well, Drill Dozers, no, it's a Game Boy Advance game that's got its own like special cart that vibrates. No, I never played that one. But there is a there is a drill game on Switch. Mr. Driller, Drilland. That's Mr. Driller. Okay, yeah. I, I played that game. I didn't play Drill Dozer. I think Drill Dozer may have come to Wii. I think you may be able to download it on the Wii U Game Boy Advance store. Or you could. I don't think so. I don't know, though. We'd have to take a look. 
Cause what maybe, a game. Cause I think, what a game. Because I think I would I think I would have got it if it was on there. The game crammed the fuck out of my trigger fingers, but it was fine. Drill Dozer? You did play Drill Dozer, right? Yeah, it's great. It's very, yeah, the the haptic feedback in it's very nice. I mean, it's similar to Wario, uh, Wario Twisted, WarioWare Twisted in the in the nature of the feedback, it's not just simple vibration, you know. Yeah, it is. It is on. Uh, it is on Wii U. I'm surprised I didn't get it then, because I thought I got most of the stuff that was weird and kind of hard to get. The game's worth pretty penny now. I do believe. Yeah, I mean, and you can still st- get stuff on. It. You can still get stuff on Wii U. Just have to add money through the through the Switch eShop. But no, I was really excited for uh, for Pepper Grinder. Like I thought it looked cool. It reminded me of a uh, yeah, reminded me of like a platformer, but with with drilling mechanics. And I, I can get into that. And Evolver Digital has a has a good track record too, for all of us. I think have all enjoyed their stuff. And the mech that's on there is pretty cool looking. You can run around in. Looks like Drill Dozer floats around a hundred bucks, between a hundred and hundred and forty, depending on condition. Damn, maybe I should sell it. Do you need the money? Maybe. So moving on from there, Coffee Talk Coffee Two. Talk two. I didn't know there was the first one, but I mean, you know, it probably is. It's a based off the SNL one. skit with Mike Myers. <laughs> sure. It, it look. I mean, it looks like um, it's kind of like that first one. Uh, it looks like a visual novel with uh, coffee uh, added things in there. You could listen, it's but, like Valhalla, but with coffee. Yeah, there's all sorts of different characters with horns in there. You can make coffee for cats. So I, 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 I thought it was cool it. that it has. Uh, you can do like latte art. That's pretty fun. I don't know if I've seen that. Oh sure, before. yeah. I've always wanted to try my hand at latte art. As much as I like scoff at it, it does intrigue me. And uh, Pepper Grinders for next year also. We forgot to mention that. 2023, no time yet. Coffee Talk, Coffee Talk. spring 2023 as well. Ani, Road to the Mightiest Ani, or Oni. Uh, I thought this one looked cool because it reminded me of uh, Zelda, you know, because it kind of had that uh, mm-hmm. cell shady uh, adventure look to it. I thought it looked it pretty. Does. Yeah. What's this game called? It's called Ani, the Road to the Mightiest Ani. Oh, okay. In case you forgot, Ani. Mm-hmm. Ani, Ani. Ani, are you okay? <laughs> It looks it looks okay. I mean, I mean, I think it looks great actually. Not okay. Um, no, I, I really like the art style. It's it looks all kind of reminded me at a, at a glance. Like I didn't play this game as much. As you, well, well, you guys played this game. I really didn't. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven kind of had similar. Just in this brief glimpse, uh, the the cell shaded look kind of reminded me of it. Some of the character designs. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't think Dragon Quest Eleven was that cell shady. I thought it was a little more. I don't know. It's it, pretty cel It, it kind of reminds me more of like Wind Waker and uh, and like uh, Okami, like this movie. Yeah, like those this, are cel Like this game does more than Dragon Quest oh. Eleven. Like I didn't really get, I didn't really get the cel shadiness from that one. I think it's just become more subtle than it used to be, but it's still cel shading. Sure. I mean, it's they look just as shaded as they did in Dragon Quest Eight. I mean, that's basically kind of what they're going for. That's coming out next year, March 9th. March 9th. But yeah, I looked. Uh, yeah, open world. Uh, ish Zelda E. I was like, oh, that one looks cool. Uh, the next one, I just I thought it was kind of interesting just because of what it's doing. But Desta, the memories between. Uh, it's it's basically uh, you know let's let's teach you how to play a tactics game by way of dodgeball. And I thought that was actually kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm a little interested in this too. Like, what it's like the whole world is a uh, rather than like you know like a game like Pokemon where everybody plays Pokemon or they all play this that or the other like everybody's going to play dodgeball with you and you can actually like, I guess you can uh, alter the dialogue by throwing dodgeballs at people. They'll act different if you hit them with the ball. Sure. They'll, the they'll either be angry or not, whether they, <laughs> whether they get it or not. But I mean, you, you see the tactics of it though, right? I mean, it's obviously, 
yeah a tactics game it's but got the grid and everything but you're using the tactics to like bounce the ball around to like hit people from the back and stuff like that and i thought that was a really mm. interesting way to get you in get get you interested in a tactics game like that's why i was kind of like oh well that, that's a cool idea i haven't really seen something around about that like take it and kind of work it into like a sports type thing that's kind of like all right well this is why you're doing this and you have to get around them in that way and i don't know as you know i don't really get into tactics games that much but if somebody made like a a tactics game that was like football or something like that, I'd totally buy it because football is totally tactics. But if they did it in more of like a turn-based way of like trying to get from one side to another through, through plays and stuff, I would, I would play the shit out of that game. You level up when you add players in this, you do no in real football. Oh, it's an RPG in real life. Sure. I mean, you're, you know, get stats and whenever you're, and whenever they get, um, <laughs> when it, whenever they tear their meniscus or whatever, it's a, it's like permadeath. No, it's I mean, your experience points. Well, it takes a long time to heal from, is what I'm saying. It's not like a, not like a, unlike a, that's a another RPG that's coming up later. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, uh, you know. Uh, should have worn the relic. Should have said, uh, I could have said like um, concussions. It's like much more, much Ooh, worse. Yeah. yeah. But no, I, I thought this one looked interesting. One too many Phoenix Downs. <laughs> I thought this one looked interesting just because of the idea, like I said, of the of the turn based tactics with uh, with dodgeball. That's cool. Early twenty. I'm really interested on that to one. see how they weave like the supposedly like there's going to be a story happening while you're doing it. That's what I'm really interested in. Like, how do you play? I know they've done that a little bit in some tactics games where you're sort of talking to people as you're fighting them, but still, this could be pretty cool. Yeah, I was trying to, you know, as I was watching this trailer for the first time and just sort of bit by bit piecing together what this is, I was like, like this is like a pretty adventurous, uh, unique kind of game. And, mm-hmm. you know, all, all the while, like the way the trailer is, is presented, it's it makes it seem like very like story heavy and emotional and like or there's all this dodgeball stuff going on. So I was like, what, what are they what are they going to call this game? And I just did not guess Desta the memories between. Right. It says <laughs> it like, says nothing about tactics or dodgeball. Right. In that right. name, it's very much like if you heard that, right. you'd be like, right. I, I don't think, uh, I don't automatically think dodgeball from that. You remember, uh, Jeremy, you remember Tactics Advance, right? You played that, the Final Fantasy Tactics Advance game. Oh, yeah. You remember the open, you remember the opening of the game? You remember the opening of the game where they, uh, where they teach you how to play tactics game through way of like a snowball fight? Yeah. On a school. Like th- this game reminds me of that. Like reminds me of the opening of, uh, Final Fantasy that Tactics sense, Advance. Actually. Where you, yeah, where they, sh- they, they try to explain to you the, the way, the, the way it works, like through like a, yeah, through like a fun snowball fight at school, which I thought was a really cool way to like make a tutorial for the game about, about, and that's, that's kind of what this reminded me of. So it's like an extended tutorial. So cool. Um, the next one, what's it called? Space for the Unbound. Space for the Unbound. I actually, when I saw it, it reminded me a lot of Friends of Ishikawa just because of the presentation, it looks like, that. like with the side, the side scrolling, uh, move through town type of thing and i really like the way that i like the way the sprites look and i like the way the world mm-hmm. looks and i was like this one was intriguing to me i'm like okay yep. and i don't know this... shit about 90s rural indonesia this could be cool yeah and i thought it was japan when i was looking at it without knowing any of the uh audio or whatever just kind of reading the random dialogue on there so and yeah and it's a completely different world and there's uh like mind powers and stuff and yeah i thought it looked neat actually and it's about focus it's focusing on the relationship between uh boy and a girl but yeah one of one of them has mind powers it's a strange uh interesting setup uh, and it's you know I, I like these kind of adventure type games so i'm interested in this one mm-hmm. january 19th january 19th next year yeah a lot of next year stuff on these which it's i mean we're almost done with this year so yeah I was makes gonna sense. Say, at this point, that's... 
right? Not too far away. I mean, whenever I see these, I'm always like, "What's the what's the out today?" Like that's really that's always the one I'm interested in. Which we got we got everything couple, comes out we'll, after we'll I turn forty. That's just how I remember it. Mm-mm. There's some stuff that came out before. Well, it's, there there's some stuff that's yet to come out. Yeah, sure. This next one, this is my game of the show. I think this looks great. How do you um, so? How do you think you pronounce that? Because I don't Dordogne, think they idea. Because I don't think they pronounced Dordogne. it in, in the video. I think it's Dordogne. Yeah, it's like it's yeah, French it's French. Word. Yeah, because that was yeah. a different language like as well. Champagne Dordogne. Yep. This this game reminds me a lot of uh, that Crayon Chin Chan uh, game that I really w- still want to play that came out this year. It's um it's basically a mixture of like Crayon Chin Chan and also this Japanese series that's been out forever. That's all about like uh, the nostalgia of like summer in Japan. Like mm-hmm. the way the back the way the the um, the way it's drawn on this reminds me a lot of that. And it's also I mean, it looks like her, her remembering her summer in in wherever she lived. So it's yeah. like kind of very much like um like those type of games and probably probably mm-hmm. with less locusts in the background. It's still. a really interesting um concept though. I like it. Like yeah. you know you gotta love the whole like. Ever since Ocarina of Time, we've loved uh, being young and old in the same game and being able to bounce back and forth. But right. and it seems more like an exploration of her like past as she's I don't know a little bit like the beginning of um, Eternal Darkness, except it's her grandmother instead of her grandfather. And she's trying to remember her grandmother by collecting uh, photos, objects, and words, as they say. Yeah, and then trying to essentially like the game's about saving and then cherishing your memories that's why i'm like why isn't this game called the memories between like you're supposed yeah, to yeah, yeah, totally yeah right <laughs> memories. it's like uh yeah, wait a minute dordogne is french for dodgeball hold on <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like the it's like those articles where you see where they like switch all the star wars star wars uh titles around to where they'd make sense instead of i'm sure you've seen those but we could do that with this whole presentation we could take them all and switch all the titles around and be like this one should actually be this one <laughs> and that one works for that the game i was trying to think of is uh is a Boko Nu Natsuyasume. Is the, the Crayon Shin? Yeah, it's the one. I, well, that that's the. Well, I know well, the, cray, the character. Crayon Shin Chan was added was added just into the Switch version, but okay. the um but the Boko Nu Natsuyasume that one which stands for Summer Vacation or it means my Summer Vacation in Japan. This is a series that's been around for a long time. It was on like PlayStation. I think starting even on like PlayStation One, but it's but it's like yeah, where you're just a a kid, uh, you know, like a few or like a, a kid that gets relaxed in uh, in the summer in Japan, and you chase like you, you uh, chase bugs and like you know hang out with uh, you go you go fishing and chase bugs and hang out with sunflowers and all that stuff. And this game kind of reminds me of that because uh, that game's super. Those games are really pretty, and this Playing is really Mimo's pretty. Childhood as a game, yeah, kind of. It yeah, it's a, it, it it has a big big thing to do with uh, with Japanese nostalgia uh, for you know big open summer areas and all that Youth stuff. Youth and childhood. Yeah. And I still really want to play that one, the Crayon Chin game for, or the, whatever, the one that's on Switch that has the, the anime guy in there. But yeah, this looks cool I just cool want to stress how beautiful this game looks. It looks like a impressionistic painting and your characters move, it's in 3D, but the way that your characters move around within the, these impressionistic landscapes, it's well integrated. Obviously the, I, I think, I think the, the backgrounds are, technically 2d but while the while the character is 3d it's like layered it, it looks it looks well done there's, yeah there's like layers to it where like it's kind of 2d but you can move here and you can move there but there's layers that kind of like go back so it gives it more 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 of a 3dness that's what i got from from watching it but yeah it definitely looks really pretty i'm getting this one for sure what's the release date on this one does it have one spring 2023 okay next up is botany manor it's a plant-based puzzler so you're in first person, uh, walking around solving puzzles based on uh, botany. Yeah, you're a retired botanist 
you have a giant mansion essentially with like uh you know the whole like uh it looks like you have a little outdoor area too where you can do like planting and stuff but you have to get all these seeds that's kind of like how the game works is you like unlock the seeds through the puzzles and then you solve the puzzle of when do i plant this and where does it grow right and what are the conditions under which it grows and kind of seems like uh it could be fun especially since this seems like there's a little bit of customization with your you can place your flowers and plants and stuff around and decorate accordingly did you ever did you ever get those uh the extra like street pass games on 3ds do you remember those no they're like some ones you could buy on top of the ones that came with it there, there was a game that you i mean they were good i actually bought all the extra stuff that you could get because i loved those street pass games they were awesome but there's one where uh where you like have a flower garden and you basically you grow different flowers depending on who street passed you because when they come by they'll plant they'll water your your plant and your plant mm-hmm. will turn into different things depending on who has like come to your house t- to water your plant and I don't know this video just reminded me of that game but that game was really cool I had a great time with that one I thought it was really cool and you would collect all these weird plants and some of them a lot of them were plants that don't exist like some of them look like mushrooms or like question blocks or they get into like Mario stuff in there as well. And they just look really crazy, and they have like dragon heads on some of them, and it was really, it was really interesting. That's uh, hopefully they have a similar thing on this. But yeah, no, I thought this one looked nice as well. Not as like doesn't pop as much as the last one, but it had a nice like bright, colorful atmosphere to it. It's like a first person planter, first pl- person planter and waterer. Pretty interested in the next one too. Once upon a gesture, which is actually available today. It is. I don't want to. I was kind of confused on what this game is, actually. So, it I mean, it kind of looks like a point-and-click adventure, right? But you're, right. like, putting together a theater show or something like that? and You're improvising yeah. a show. Yeah. That's, that's so... Like, Whoa, what? And yeah, it seems it seems uh, like something kind of new. I've never really seen you know, theater improvisation tackled in a video game before. So I, I don't know how, how that's going to play out. But um, I, I don't know. There was another game that kind of uh, later on... Later on it kind of has the similar sort, a similar sort of um, gameplay, I think, in a in a different package. But um, yeah, setting up like different scenarios and stuff with actors, and then uh, I, I'm guessing it's going to kind of work like a puzzle scenario, like like mm. a, like a puzzle game. Like you have this objective, and you know how are you going to get there? Now act out this play and make the audience happy. That's what it seems like to me. I, I kind of liked this one better when I watched it in silent because I wasn't really into that song mm. that was over it <laughs> when it was in, it was a much different experience when I watched it with the audio on, I was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't really like the song that they were singing, but it turns out they're in a band of course. And uh, they also want to make games too. That's what kind of what you mm-hmm. hear at the end there. You guys who made it. Yeah. There's also in addition to the theater bit, there, there was, I thought a pretty funny story to it. So you, you're, not actually actors your characters not actually actors you're you're thieves and you have become this improv troupe because the the queen has an improv show at at her castle right and you're just trying to get into the castle and steal a diamond Mm. so there's a little bit more to it a little bit more backstory and i thought that that seems like a pretty comical setup yeah, so you're not actually trying to get people to like... I mean, you're trying to get them to like right. the theater thing enough to like get to, to misdirect them so they don't know right. what's going on behind the scenes and you're trying to steal stuff. It kind of reminds me of, uh, what is it, Thousand Year Door, where you've got an audience watching you play, like, battle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah where they throw stuff at you if you don't uh-huh. do things right. Yeah, that, I mean, that was like kind of a recurring theme in a lot of Mario stuff. Like, there's a, even, like, one, like, small... There's, like, one mini game in Mario Party 1 where... 
where you have to like perform a concert and you all play like a different instrument. And whenever your character like fucks up, there's an audience there and they throw shit at you. Like whenever you don't play your, your uh, trump trumpet at the right time or, or like whatever, you know, so the, so you know, like that you fucked up, but it kind of has, has a little audience there. This one, uh, I don't know. This one did not make an impression on me. Rogue legacy two. Oh, well, I guess you never played Rogue Legacy 1 then. Yeah, how do you play cool? Because Rogue Legacy 1 was huge, huge. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, one of Jess's really good friends, uh, Ian, I remember him telling me that Rogue Legacy 1 was, like, probably one of his favorite games of all time. Back then, they just mm-hmm. called it Rogue Legacy. Yeah, and he said some <laughs> some systems he got just for the purpose of playing Rogue Legacy. Like, I think he got the PSP or the PlayStation Vita. Like, it was on a handheld thing before it was on Switch, and he was very excited about having rogue legacy being portable and the idea is that it's a it, it's a roguelite and every time you die you like come back as a descendant of the character that you're playing with but they'll all but there'll be different things like you might be colorblind so it might be like but so it might have it might be like more like a black and white or more monochromatic or you know there'll be different things that happen that happen from your whatever from your kids after the one that you that you were and that's how it keeps going and i remember that being a being a big thing of people celebrating when it originally came out was that, you know, some of your kids might be gay, but there are no, like, status defects or anything for that. You're just gay, and you're just playing the game. And I thought that was cool. You know, I mean, I don't know when the first one came out, but that was a big thing. It's like, oh, hey, there's no, like, homophobia in this. So, you know, uh, but that's that's the idea of it. And it was really big. Like, it's on, it was on multiple systems, and it was a big deal when it came to Switch. I think it did pretty early, like, probably in the first couple of years. But this Rogue Legacy, I didn't know, I didn't know there was a two. I think maybe maybe it was out already, or it's it's not like most likely it's been out. I'm gonna say this isn't the premiere on Switch, right? I think it's already been no. out. But yeah, it's a it's a pretty big deal for people who like those games. Um, I guess it uh, it first it it first came out in April of this year for for Microsoft only. So this is the first time it's come to another Switch, another thing that wasn't uh, Windows or Xbox. So I guess it's another like you know Xbox exclusive thing like showing up on Switch a few months later. So that's cool. You know, and it came out today. It's twenty four ninety nine. Um, I don't know if I'm. I you know, I don't. I'm not going to jump right into it just because I'm not that familiar with the first one. But I know that I know that a lot of people like loved, love, love, love Rogue Legacy. So I'm sure they're very excited that it's on Switch now. If you hadn't, you know, if you didn't play it on anything else or whatever, if you hadn't played it already, I'm excited for Blanc, which is one that was on maybe an indie direct or two ago. Well, not that long ago, I think. Oh, I don't remember, remember ever that? seeing this. This one, yeah, it was definitely on one before. So you're, it's a two-player puzzle adventure where you're a wolf and cub working together, and it's in black and white. It's text-free. Um, yeah, I think I, I thought that was what was really interesting about it is the fact that there's no dialogue in it at all. I love that. Like that's that they can just communicate cool. yeah. what you're supposed to do with zero words. That's great. Yeah, that that's that that was what really intrigued me, and I didn't know that until I watched it with sound on later. Because they never, they didn't say that at all, or there was no subtitles for it, obviously, because there's no text in it. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was like, oh wow, okay, well that makes it set apart more than it already did. So I was like, cool. And I, I guess Gearbox is uh, publishing this one as well. So there you go. Looks really pretty. I love the simplicity of it. And you have to play this two-player, right? It's, it's, a, it's a specific yeah, two-player game. So you know, I was, I was wondering about that. I was like, you know, because it, it was thinking about this and like it takes two and. I'm like, I guess there is, you know, there probably is like a big market for two-player games, especially for people who want to play with their significant others and all that stuff. Right. And this is jumping ahead a little bit. you see more of them. It takes two, uh, on on the trailer for that, on the the release trailer for that game, they say that um, that the the second player can play free. 
So only one person has to buy that game. And I imagine that'll be the same case with this one as well. So so you're saying that there's a demo thing that you can download for for uh, It Takes Two for you to play it on two systems? Correct. It says, well, what I know is that on the trailer, it says friends play free. Oh, okay. So I'm guessing that's how it is, just like it used to be on, like, I think DS had a couple games like that or something. I mean, download play was a big thing of uh, 3DS as well, and it's a shame that that yeah. went away. And there's only a couple games that can do that. Like, you can download a thing for free that where you can play Pac-Man Verse. Like, I thought that was interesting. And there was a similar thing with uh, the Clubhouse games when we got that game. You can, you can download a demo for that that makes it two-player. So Jess and I played that across two systems. But I didn't hear anything about that for It Takes Two. Or at least I didn't see anything on. I guess I didn't really look, but didn't see anything about the eShop. That does make me wonder if you're going to download like a uh, some sort of client to play with somebody else. The uh, what was it? Uh, the the Wolfenstein sequel that like starred the twins, the two kids. That had a thing like that too, where like only one of you had to own it. Oh, so, Wolfenstein duo. I remember. Yeah, that. so one of you bought the Wolfenstein game, and you and your friend could download it for free from the eShop, and then you could both play it. Just one of you had to own it. So. I did download that demo, and you can't play it unless you know somebody that has it. But I tried, I tried it anyway, just to just to see. But yeah, that's always a cool, that's a cool thing to make it even easier to do to do two players. Yeah, they, yeah there it is. There it is. February fourteenth. Uh, found it. Found it right here. It's called. It takes two friend pass. And okay. It's, and it's free download. And yes, you can do that. You're correct. You can only one of you needs to own it. So if one if one of us wanted to play that game, we could like split the price, and then we would both be able to play it together online. Can we all play. Oh wait, it takes. Two it's it's only there. two, yeah. Um, and then then they do they do a sizzle reel after that. Oh yeah, and Blanc is coming up coming out uh, February fourteenth, twenty twenty three, and that one is actually in the eShop because it's pre order. It seems pretty romantic. I can get why it would come out on Valentine's Day. What Blanc? Yeah, because you have because like uh, it's like Matt Blanc. He's dreamy, you know. <laughs> and it's it's a fourteen ninety nine. So it's coming out at as for whatever. That's the price twenty. Yeah, fourteen ninety nine for once a part of a jester. Also, then we get our montage, a uh, little montage thing. And right at the beginning there, it was like WrestleQuest, and I'm like, oh, and I like, you know, I was watching it on my phone. I was like, so did I, somebody make a game just for Trey? Oh, <laughs> that's the first thing I thought when I saw that. Oh, I mean, this game got got announced a while ago, and I've heard people oh, talk really? about it already. Yeah, Eric talked about yeah. it on Acts of the Blood Guide, even you know, in more in more detail. But I was like, very, I've been very excited about this, and I was wondering when it was going to pop up. So when it came up on the on the sizzle reel, I paused my my phone and like went back a couple seconds so I could see like the release date. I was like, oh, is this coming out soon? Is this coming out soon? But no, it's not. It's not coming out until next year. So. That's what I was thinking. Maybe I was like, I thought they were going to just drop it in there, and, but it's around my birthday, so hey. But yeah, it's a it's a wrestling RPG, and I'm sure you noticed that there's a lot of characters that look very much like original uh, WWF wrestlers. Like I saw Sergeant Slaughter in there, and Andre the Giant, and Macho Man, Randy Savage, and apparently they were talking about this on Axe of Blood God. But I think because they're toy versions of them, and they're not actual wrestlers. Like the game is about wrestling toys, not actual wrestlers. So kind of like the original Smash mm-hmm. Brothers. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, kind of. So maybe that's how they sort of get around that. But yeah, it's obviously they're not hiding do they it at call all. Call them that though. I think they do. I mean, Andre the Giant was Andre the Giant. I, mean, I didn't see the name on there, but that was Andre the Giant. That was one hundred percent not, not, not Andre the Giant. And mm-hmm. I think they do. Like I think Macho Man, or he said Macho Man. Maybe not Randy Savage, but. I did see it on there on previous trailers, so yeah. I don't know. They they were trying to find some way to still have the characters in there, but still not not have to pay the WWE or whatever they're called now. I don't know how that works, but still, I I want I'm gonna play I'm gonna play the fuck out of this game whenever it comes out. I'm very very excited. 
And then we only get to see it in a couple seconds for the sizzle reel, but whatever. I'll take it. Maybe it's how I, I could get into wrestling if they make it an RPG. Oh yeah, they had like Legion of Doom in there too. I just I just saw it. But they've been they've been in other stuff. I mean, of course they have, but <laughs> I don't know. But it was a, a license, license. It wasn't a WWF E game, whatever that they were in. I thought you'd be into the next one. It seems like Wobble Dogs. <laughs> seems like I have one no of those. Idea what this game is about? But I mean, isn't it like a totally accurate battle simulator, like uh, Octodad, whatever? Like I, I weird, really don't know. Doesn't I control mean, right sort of thing. I I think I saw like a little bit of Katamari in there, and like the you know the weirdness of it, and yeah, they're yeah some wobbly dogs, so. I guess it's physics based, and then but then they were like putting furniture around the room, and yeah, like what's going on in this game? I have no idea. Wobbly dogs, know. they're just they're wobbling, just wobbling around like like dogs do who wobble. I actually got confused because I looked away for a second, didn't realize at first it was a montage, and I was like, wait, there's dogs in WrestleQuest on here. I guess you can pet the dog. You can have dogs in there. The, the, that's coming out soon, anyway. So we'll figure out what it's about on yeah, uh, eight days, seventeenth. Oh wow, yeah. It's a well, it's more than eight. What'd you say? I said it's more than eight days. Oh, I guess it is eight days. You're right, because it's uh, the ninth. Yeah. It's like it's next week, so that's longer. Three weeks. Know. That's a uh, that's Thursday. So. To the darkest of days. <laughs> You'll be okay. It'll be a good day. Hey, welcome to my world. Almost minus two. I'm 42, man. I'm the oldest person on the planet. Like, just wait till you get to that. I'm kidding. It's not true. There are some 43 year olds out there. Uh, anyway. This next game is the one that I was referring to uh, back a couple games ago uh, with Once Upon a Gesture. This one's called Storyteller, and it's a puzzle game where essentially you arrange pictures to create a comic book, a comic strip story. So you'll have like a, a, a scenario up above at the top of the screen. You have to arrange the pictures to match that scenario is what it seems like to me. Yeah, it looked it looked kind of a little easy from when I was watching it. It's like, like it place, does look simple. Place this here, place that there. I don't know. I wasn't really that intrigued by it, but and that comes out March twenty third of twenty twenty three. But the next one, World of Horror. Oh man, this looks cool. I thought really this looked really cool. I think this has been out for a while because I saw people in the comments saying like, "Oh, hell yeah! Uh, finally, World of Horror is coming to Switch." So it's probably like a popular uh, Steam game that's been out mm-hmm. before. But yeah, it looks uh, it's, it's black and white. Uh, it looks kind of you know somewhat uh, text stuff, but with uh, pictures. It, it, I mean, it looks like yeah. a Japanese horror movie, like some of that sort of style. Does, yeah, you know, it looks influenced by Junji Ito. His kind of stuff, like put his drawings into I don't know, like a old '80s computer, and it seems like that's what would come out. I kind of like how. And this kind of like brings it up in the in the game itself and the, the teaser, but like how a game glitching out is a horror thing now in a way. Like depending on the oh, like, yeah yeah. Anytime like someone's pictures on screen and their face like it's messed up, like I guess it doesn't even necessarily mean like if it was like uh you imagine that the uh, TV signals like breaking down, you're getting a little bit of fuzz or something. Like for whatever reason, that's just like the epitome of horror now. To to ha- to have a, an avatar talking to you and his face starts like digitally like glitching out glitching out yeah I guess it um it hasn't been fully released yet but it's in an early it's been in early access since February twentieth of twenty twenty so but it has looks been, really cool hasn't been officially yeah. officially released but it's supposed to be worldwide release like so Switch will release with the PS five and Microsoft and PS four and all that on the same day so that's cool so we gotta we strikes gotta me as a graphical release. text adventure which 
Like I remember growing up with that with those kind of games, and like one of my favorites was Time to Die on, on my old IBM from I think we got the game like 1987 or something like that. But those were the ones that were like a step above the text adventures, which, which just had no graphics. This one, it, it, you know, I've, I've not seen a graphical, a proper graphical text adventure in a long time. We've had a couple of point and click adventures, which was the next evolution of that genre. Mm-hmm. But a graphical text adventure, I can't remember the last time I've seen one come out, at least on on the Switch or on consoles. Yeah, no, that, that's what I was thinking too when I saw it. Like a, exactly that, yeah, that, yeah, graphical text adventure. I just think, yeah, stylistically, it, it intrigues me. If nothing else, I, I would like to learn more about it. And that's uh, summer of 2023. So that's uh, ways that's away. So, uh, Curse of the Sea Rats. This, this just kind of reminded me of Secret of Nim just because of the fighting rats and all that and some of yeah. the stuff that they were wearing. And kind of mm-hmm. the animation is a little bit, you could say that's a little bit like a Cuphead as well. Disney or Don Bluth, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- this one looks like more like Cuphead than the other one, I think, because this actually looks like old school animation in, in the actual gameplay. 2D hand run, yeah. So I'm like, okay, it looks interesting, I guess, if you like sea rats. Yeah, I'm interested that just because the quality of the animation looks really good. And that's that's early next year as well. Uh, the next one I'm very excited about, um, I guess, did you hear about Inscription at all, Jeremy? Like, this one I've was heard, like... I've heard it, like, in the discourse for a while now, okay. but I don't know what it is. I heard this mentioned as, like, Game of the Year last year, like, by a lot of people saying, like, the description was, like, it looks like a card game, but it's not really a card game. It's, like, way deeper than that, and people are like, the game's so good that you won't even know that you're playing a card game, like, just because you'll be so into the story. And I was really interested in checking it out. And, I, and yeah, it was on a lot of people's Game of the Year lists. Because mm-hmm. it came like out, tarot cards. Or it something. came out like last uh, October, uh, October nineteenth of twenty twenty one, and uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I really, I really want to try it out, just because, like I said, and it's coming out on the first of December, so it's coming out this year. I'd say I've heard people talk about this maybe about as much as Disco Elysium back in the day. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, it was mentioned on Axe of Blood God a bunch of times. Yeah, that helps. And and other and other uh, game podcasts that i've listened to have, have talked it up a lot and it was just one of those things where i was like you know they're saying it was more of an experience than an actual like this type of game like it's really it's more about the story than any of the gameplay elements so because it's that because it's that good so i'm like cool it's finally coming to switch i can finally play it yeah it comes out really soon four weeks three weeks less than three less than four weeks it uh what was game of the year for uh gdc game developers choice awards well and this, whatever, the Sumas McNally Grand Prize at the Independent Game Festival. So it's gotten it's gotten stuff. <clears throat> Speaking of getting stuff, you got the next one, a little to the left. I did. This is a game I've been watching for a long time. It, it showed up on Days of the on Day of the Devs, like whenever that was. Uh, it was around the time of some Keeley bullshit that was on. Uh, <laughs> it came out after that, but that was actually cool. What was it, Summer Games or whatever the fuck that was called mm-hmm. that, that he did that was really boring and The Rock was on it for a second. The song's actually, or yeah, this game's actually based off the lyrics from the Beyonce song. To the left, to the left. Everything you own in a box to the left. I mean, it could be, I guess. I don't think it is. But, uh, I mean, you you expressed interest in this as well, John, when it it originally premiered. Because it's a game about uh, organizing things. Yeah. In in like in different ways, and I yeah I, I got it because I had some extra gold points, and I always wanted to get this game. And also, uh, you know, the co-star of the game is a big giant fluffy cat, and we have a big giant fluffy cat, so I like seeing uh, big fluffy cats in there. There's a cat in there that kind of looks like Tanuki, so uh, yeah. And the cat messes you up along the way. Yeah, and the cat will uh, fuck with your stuff, 
And I, I played I played it a little bit while I, while we were waiting to start here. I really I, I basically or, organized a whole bunch of pencil shavings, and I don't know what to do. I organized them, and then I just couldn't get past that. I don't know if you have to or, organize it a certain way for it to end, but there was no, but it just didn't end. I'm like, okay, so that's my two seconds of playing that game. But no, I, I thought it looked really cool. And there's like daily there's daily activities you can do, and there's a bunch of it's very cute. Like the music's great, like that I heard, and yeah, there's a little cat, little cat in there. It's only fourteen ninety nine. It's cheap. It came out it came out just today, and I was like, "This one I've had my own eye on for a while, so I just went for it." And that was it. That was the end of the presentation. Oh wait, one no. more thing. No, this 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 was the game of the show for me. I'm sure maybe it was for Same. Jeremy too. But mm-hmm. motherfucking sports story came back from the grave. The game we've been asking about for years. Like when I don't know when it was originally announced. Long time ago. But coming out next like fucking month. Years. Next month, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Look out, man! The the uh, game of the year is coming out right before the end it could here be. in December. I mean, Golf Story was pretty high on my list, I think, for that year. And same, this one has BMX in it, so I mean, you can't can't beat that, right? <laughs> now you can It'd do be BM. Now you can BMX and uh, tennis and soccer and other shit. And yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. It looks really cool. Your character's still got his big giant floofy hair and all that. Walking. Let's say, I hope it's just yeah. as goofy. I hope it's just as yeah, bizarre and Australian as the last one. I hope they also don't put the soundtrack out so I can record it all and put it on YouTube again. I'm kidding. I don't want to do that. That took a long time. <laughs> but uh, You was, loved it. That was our one of our claim to fames uh, for the Nintendo main YouTube channel is that I recorded all of the golf story songs off of the game because they were not available anywhere on the mm-hmm. internet. And I think that's part of the reason why we have as many followers as we do or as many as far like, as i can uh, tell you you still watchers. get comments on those videos i do yeah really regularly i get still get comments on those and the animal crossing songs that i that i put up there as well labors so. of love all of them yeah i know and, and even stuff for a uh, labo because i even put songs from labo on there too i still get uh, uh comments about that occasionally so yeah if a, if a game doesn't have a soundtrack on there uh, record it off your switch and put it on youtube like I did. Nice. No, th- yeah, this game looks awesome. I'm very, very, very excited about it. Uh, real sneaky at the end of the year here, but I, I will definitely play it, hundred percent. I don't even. Re- do you remember when it was originally announced? Like before it, before it finally came. I out? don't. I think it's been but three years. Golf Story was 2018, right? Or well, Golf Story was 2017. Golf Story was first year of Switch. Okay. Because it was on our. Uh, That's was, right. It Switching was on our very March. first. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, September of 2017 was Golf Story. So that was yeah, because that that was on our very first uh, switch, you know, sw- mostly switch uh, game. Five of the years, year three list. months later, we're finally getting it. Yeah, five years. Yeah, three. so I was I was very I was very happy to see a sports story in the end there. I, I it is it the great thing about these indies is like you know they they premiere a game and you're excited about it for a second, and then they leave enough time for you to completely forget about it. So then when it comes <laughs> back, you're like, hey, this is that game I liked that three years ago, and you can be excited about it again instead of like. Just waiting for like five years for Tears of the Kingdom or whatever to come around. The indie ones you forget, and then they come back, and you're like, "Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I did like that game." And here it is. I'm still waiting. Uh, still waiting for Maniko's uh, Night Night Market or whatever it's called. There was a new video put up on the Nintendo uh, YouTube about that recently. There was, but I, but it still didn't have a release date. I don't think. No, it was just some more gameplay footage. Yeah. So I, I want. I mean, it's like I thought that game was coming out in like. 2018 or whatever when it was announced and that was oh i guess yeah there was one that just came out this week i thought you were talking about the one that came out like a month ago. i was really surprised they didn't you know show anything about metroid in this 
<laughs> I mean, you know, the, the Turtles game was considered an indie game, so I think I think it's fair game, like uh, whatever whatever <laughs> thing you uh, depend on who's developing it. Yeah, I guess what, whatever thing you think is an indie game is an indie game. So uh, that's that's fine. That's how it works. What were your what were your uh, reviews of this uh, indie direct? What did you think in the end? That was pretty good. I thought. Yeah, I mean, no. I thought it, I thought it was okay. You know, I I think anymore. I'm more excited about indie games than any AAA stuff I'm going to see. You know, with the exception of those one or two big Nintendo releases a year, if you're lucky. For the most part, it's the indies that come in like screaming out of the you know out of the blue and just really blow me away. So this is the stuff I'm getting more and more attuned to, like keeping an eye on. So I appreciate right. these directs a lot, and they at least just keep me aware. And, you know, I'm super excited for sports story. Like maybe not as excited about Tears of the Kingdom, but it's up there. <laughs> the anticipation's a similar amount of time. Yeah. I mean, uh, most of these indie things, I'm always just like, well, what's coming out today? And it's, you know, it's not really, I don't know what to expect. Cause I don't know. I don't have my ear to the ground of the indie stuff as much as the Nintendo stuff. So I guess it's harder to be disappointed, I guess. But there's no silk, just... there's no silk song in it. So zero out of 10. I'm kidding. I don't, I don't care about those games. But I know a lot of people do, and I know they've been waiting for a long time for the sequel to Hollow Knight someday. Well, sometimes, like, I watch these, and, and uh, you know, I'm not a fan of RPGs, and, and there seems to be a lot of times a lot of RPGs or RPG likes, and, like, okay, good for everybody else. But this time I felt like there was a good amount of stuff that I was interested in, especially the point-and-click style games. And I'm, so I'm looking forward to a bunch of I'm looking forward to, to uh, as I said, Dordog, Dordania, I'll repronounce it. Dordania. That's my game of the show. Uh, close second I would give to um, uh, World of Horror. Or maybe tomorrow you could ask me and I might switch those around. I don't know. But there's, there's a bunch of them that I'm interested in. So I think this is a really good one. Yeah, the big ones for me for me was like, uh, I think Sports Story is probably the biggest one. Um, I'm really excited about Inscription. Uh, what's the other one? Pepper Grinder was the first one where I was like, yeah, that one. So, yeah. It's pretty much, uh, I mean, definite for me is uh, both of those games coming out next month, Inscription and uh, Sports Story. I'll be getting those for sure. Yeah, I think Bot- Botany Manor is definitely on my radar. I think that looks like it's on my alley. And, um, of course, Venba, because it's cooking. Cooking's my wheelhouse. Venba. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the day of the, the devs as well. It's similar, and there's only a couple of games to talk about. Oh, okay. I yeah. I, I actually wa- I watched that in the background while I was editing, so I don't really know like what like what happened from that. That what was the Sea of Stars uh, news? Was there anything, or was it just more sea of Stars, footage? There's a, a new trailer. Yeah, because I mean I, I didn't see oh, anything. See more footage of it. Yeah. yeah, all I saw was new footage, and I watched. Yeah, I watched some of it. I, I know there's a lot of like Mina the Hollower stuff, mm-hmm. which I like. You know, of course, I'm gonna get that game whenever it comes out. But yeah, sure. So besides besides those two, uh, uh, there's a couple that that piqued my interest one was evolutus duality it's a a 2d story-driven action adventure and it looks like aeon flux the visuals are very cool it's not a visual style i've seen in in video games before it almost looks rotoscoped take a look at the at the visuals on evolutus i want to know your guys thoughts on that oh it's the one that's like oh okay you know i remember this one now it's like it's like 2d but there's like battle stuff and it's like uh it's like in a po- it's like in a uh, cyberpunk post-apocalyptic world, whatever. Right. I just love yeah. the Aeon Flux inspired visuals. Is everybody like? Yeah, it does I? I do kind of get. I see that. 
It's like, does everybody have like muscles in their eyeballs and their uh, eyelashes or whatever? Aeon Flux, everybody was like disgustingly muscular. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) because like where Aeon Flux could never be attractive to me because she just was like all like weirdly skinny muscle zombie person. Yeah. That's what I got from it. But (laughs) yeah. And she can can crush bugs with her eyelashes. So you don't get around that. I think you might like this next one, which is called Thirsty Suitors. I remember seeing that one too. Yeah, somebody said it's like Yakuza, but crazier. I'm not. I'm, I'm not really into date, dating simulators, and this one's kind of dating simulator, right? Like I've never really played. I mean, no, those. it's part of the story, but it's not really that. It's as I watched it. It's it's. I tried to summarize it. It's a story driven adventure about balancing your love life and family expectations while performing cool skateboard tricks. Sure. That's... And there was a little bit of cooking in there as well as in the trailer. You're like learning to cook from your mother or something it seemed like another mishmash another sort of hard to hard to pin down type of game and uh, it seems done very well i like the the visuals of it we're, we're all we're all of these completely confirmed for switch by the way like i think yes. a lot of them didn't say yeah no I, on that list there I, I went through it i fished out the ones that were confirmed for switch okay yeah because i remember on watching the actual presentation it was hard to tell like yeah. aside from like sea of stars mina the hollower which i knew 100 percent were coming they didn't really say in the trailers like what where they were coming from or what they were coming to. So yeah, I'm interested in that one. I'm also interested in Colossal Cave, which at first glance looks like a, a simple type of game, but there's a reason for that because there was a book game however many years ago, uh, 30 years ago or something called Colossal Cave, um, which I believe it was a just a text adventure or, or a simple uh, graphical adventure. But the the interesting about thing about this one is it's being made by Roberta Williams of Sierra fame. So a legendary game designer is putting out this game for Switch, and I'm in. I like her games. I like the King's Quest games. And I want to see some more of that on uh, on Switch. It kind of looks sort of like a Mist-like thing. Looks like Mist, Just yeah. from what I'm looking at it. Like where you kind of walk around in 3D, but there's like, are there puzzles and stuff like in Mist? Yep. Yeah, it seemed kind of reminded me of like the old old PC type stuff, if you're into that. And uh, what's that? What are you going to say? I am into that. Yep. And uh, finishing off your list here is a Gunbrella, which was a game I was into. That was another thing. That's what I'm saying. What I like about these indie things. You see a game, you love it, you forget about it. Then you see it again. You're like, oh, that one. And that was the same thing with Gunbrella. I was like, oh, yeah, I like that game. And I was like, please don't tell me that game's coming out. I don't have that much money right now. (laughs) So that's what I always think of when I see some of these on here. I'm like, ugh. I mean, I I thought Gunbrella looked great. Or as I called it when it came out, uh, the Penguin Simulator. Because you're basically the the Batman villain, you get to go around and shoot people with your with your gun umbrella. Penguin Origin it started that shit way back when. So yeah, and yeah, that's it for our presentation review. Yeah, I kind of forgot about Day of the Devs because it just like like I said, it happened on Thursday, and I was mostly right. we were we were talking up the Sea of the Star, Sea of Star stuff, and it wasn't really much. It was a new trailer stuff. It just showed you more stuff. I know, but it's like. I was thinking like a release date or I right. know, something. I mean, I already bought that game because I because I funded it so. I didn't actually watch the presentations. Possibly they said something more about it in the thing, but I I looked at the list uh, that IGN did the the sort of breakdown, and all they had on there was was the trailer. I mean, I watched it with the sound off because I was listening to the podcast, but I don't know. I didn't feel like if they would have put a release date, it would have showed up in text in there, and I would think that IGN would have put it on there. I don't know. They miss a lot of things, but yeah, that's that's that. So uh, why don't we take a break and then we'll come back and talk about games and news and stuff other news hell yeah 
Hey, hey you. It's me, Mario. Yeah, you. <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon to hear our bonus shows, which happen every month. I'm a tired. Tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon-feeding you the same old video game news on every single show. Ah, spaghetti. Ah, ravioli. Then expand! With Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Domain. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and... Hey, Mario, let go! He's throwing us back to the show! So long, gay Bowser! Patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast! Game over! back from the break let's talk about let's do what we do every week and talk about games we got and games that we've been playing i beat resident evil village on the cloud just beat it uh monday night it was uh my time was almost exact to the time that i spent on the resident evil remake the gamecube one that i beat again i beat it in 12 hours Wow. And Resident Evil One, I beat in like eleven and forty-five. What minutes was your? Like you that. just played a normal difficulty, or did you put it on easy? I played on normal. I love that game actually. In the end, I came. I, f- I felt weird. I felt kind of well. Okay, so last week I was kind of like talking about how it's like kind of a comical, silly game and all this stuff, yeah. and it's just super over the top. And it was almost like I know the game came out like last year, but it was almost like the game heard me and like the game. And I the next time I played it right after that, it fucking scared the shit out of me. Like there was a part. There was a part where I was actually like, I was playing it in this in this room here in my podcast office, and I didn't want to leave the room. Like I was totally freaked out. And there's, I don't want to give too much away because I think you should. You already own it, Jeremy. You should play mm-hmm. the rest of it. I think it. I could. I would say that it's even almost better than Resident Evil Four, just because oh. it has better controls than Resident Evil Four. And there's just some like bonkers, like just amazing bonker shit in there. And it's it's very much like that one too, where they encourage you to just play through the game over and over again because there's all these unlock unlockable yeah. weapons that you can get as you if you keep playing. That's one thing that drew me to the game was the, the promise of like the people that played it are like, you know, it'll be a little rough the first time you play through it, but after that you're gonna love it. Just like Resident Evil Four. Yeah, I already I already started playing it again. I'm already about like actually I'm already about as far as I was when I talked last week, like I'm, yeah. I'm almost through Castle Demiscrew again, 
and I've already killed all three of the daughters. Because like, because you get this like uh, automatic rifle when when once you beat the game on standard, and I've just like I just like blew the fuck out of them with that. I was they just showed up and I was just like, and then they just went down in two seconds. It was awesome. So I like I blew right through them, and I and now I just have to get the final puzzle, the final the final thing that turns Lady Demescu into something that I can fight or whatever. And and I and I and I found out that if you if you fully upgrade all of your weapons you end up getting old unlimited ammo with those weapons when you play through it a second time so that's another like major thing that's kind of like a it's kind of like building up levels you know kind of like an rpg and i like that stuff so yeah like and and i wish i would have known that to begin with because i because you know you get different types of weapons like you start off with a handgun and you can build that up and then you get a better handgun and you can build that up and then you get an even better handgun and you can build that up you know and, and the damage like gets better and better and the rapid fire and all that and i was so close to up completely upgrading the first shotgun that I ever had, but I sold it so I could get a new shotgun. And now if you want to, you can, and you can rebuy your like super decked out shotgun that you sold, but it's like over like a hundred thousand, uh, whatever the money is in that. So it's, it takes you a while to save up to do that, but you can sell the weapons that you have right now as they're upgraded and you can buy them, buy them again, exactly how they were upgraded before and buy them back and stuff like that. So I'm tempted to just sell the shit that I have now, get that old shotgun just to, cause I only have one upgrade left. They would make it completely fully upgraded, and then I'd have unlimited shotgun ammo with that gun, with only that gun. So it goes like gun by gun. But it's there was another game that had this in it too. I can't remember what I, what it was. It was something I was playing. I'm having major deja vu. I think I talked about this on another episode for a different game where you can like master weapons, and eventually when you master them, you get unlimited ammo for those weapons. I forget what that fucking game was, but I don't know. Listeners, let me know. But yeah, no, it, it does that. But but what happened in the game? I had just beaten the castle, the castle Demescu, and all that. And you walk into this place, and they and it and basically everything goes black, and they take all of your weapons away from you, and all of a sudden the game pretty much turns into that play the the PT game if you ever played the the playable trailer that was on uh, PlayStation Four that was really 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 uh, scary you know that's basically what it does and and it's and it's not really that the game was necessarily scary it's just the fact that the way it just turns off all of the all of the lights in the game except for like some small lights. And you're just walking through this hallway that you can barely see. It kind of gave it kind of gave me that like a uh, real life haunted house effect that like always terrifies me, where I'm just where it's more like my mind th- making up whatever's going to be around the next corner, and I don't know, but I'm actually genuinely scared of the game, and it totally did it to me. And that whole part was like, like I didn't even I didn't want to leave the room. I didn't want to like I'm like I'm going to need to play something else because I'm going to have some fucked up dreams because <laughs> I'm already scared about this. And there's a giant fucking baby monster at one point that was really freaky <laughs> that you have to hide from. And, and there's like a, there's like a, a well that you go into that was like totally having me like, give me like Ringu flashbacks or whatever. And it's freaky. It's really freaky. Just the way that they light it makes it look really, really scary. And I was like, yeah. So that got me. And then, and then when you get like towards the end of the game, you, you play through this big factory level and then all of a sudden the game feels like Doom almost. I'm like, this is great. I'm like, I love this game. This is awesome. Or just a shooter all of a sudden. Well, I mean, it is kind. Of, it is kind of like. I mean, it is a first person shooter through the whole game, and I think that's what I really liked about it. And what I was, and you know, I was always curious about these new Resident Evils, like Resident Evil Seven and Village, and how they were all like first person shooter now ish. You know, but I was afraid that maybe wouldn't wouldn't be shooter enough, and it'd be more like something like Outlast or something like that. That's why I never really got Seven, even though I really really wanted to play it because people loved it to death. And it's, yeah, it is. I mean, the game, when you get towards the end, like, it's pretty much, it's pretty much an old school shooter, but with, like, amazing new school graphics, you know, so I highly, I mean, Jeremy already has it. You should play it, play it all the way through. 
There's some really cool parts to it. You get to fight in a giant tank that has a chainsaw attached to it at one point, which is awesome. Like, there's just, it's just stupid, but it's fun, you know? And there's, and there's a whole lot of like, oh, what the fuck moments that, you know, where, and there, there was like some of the ideas that I had last week about the fate of the main character, I was partially right on, but mm-hmm. I don't want to give it away. But it's but the whole story I thought was really interesting. Um, just the way it all plays out. And, and it does actually have to do with events of seven. But I, in, the way this game starts, it lets you watch a trailer of what happened in seven. And I just skipped that because I want to play seven straight out. Like, I don't want to know what happens, that happens in it. So I just jumped right into it without knowing the events of that. And there is something involving this that has to do with something that happens in seven. But I'll figure that out whenever I get to it. And that's coming out like the second week of December, whatever, on cloud. And I'll probably get that. So, and I think Resident Evil 2 is coming out on cloud this week too, but I'm not going to, I already have that on PS4, so I don't want to buy it again on cloud. That, yeah, seems, that. that seems stupid. So if I really want to play it, I'll just play it on my PS4 because it's already there and it's free. And I already have it downloaded and all that. And I bought it for 20 bucks, but maybe I'll get three if I end up getting some more money or something. I don't know. Uh, but no, I mean, Resident Evil Village was, yeah, it was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun, like from beginning to end. It has some really cool, has some really cool bosses in there. There's like these characters that almost look like Cenobites from like from Hellraiser, they're, mm-hmm. or, or kind of like the Borg even, where they have like these big giant drills to it attached to their arms, and they have like wow. a they have like a big like glowing red heart that you have to shoot, but they kind of uh, they'll kind of like cover it with their arms, and you kind of have to shoot mm-hmm. their arm away and then shoot the thing, and it totally reminds me of Doom. Like it's you know it's like what I liked about the new Doom before it got to like Doom Eternal, where everything was like too much like jump around and shoot, and everything's way too fast. Like it's that. It has those things I like about first-person shooters, where it's like kind of slow-moving. There's scary monsters that you get to blow the shit out of, and they kind of pop out from different areas and sort of like freak you out, like jump scare style, and and it's fun. And yeah, the the cloud works fine for me. I had one real, I had one weird thing last night where it just completely froze on me and just kept saying that I had bad internet, bad internet, bad internet, mm. and then it kicked me out. And then when I rebooted the game, all my controls were weird. Like it switched my controls to a different control setup. That's strange. I don't know if that ever happened to you in Hitman 3. It was really weird. I'm like, why is my why is shooting over here now? And then I just went to the options and they were just changed. It was just changed to a different control type. I don't know why that happened. And I just switched it back. But it, instead of like control A, it was like control B, you know, and in my and my and shooting was like L and R instead of like Z L and Z R or whatever. It just kind of switched on me. And there's like a, there's achievements that you get in the game as well called challenges, which you won't find out about until after you beat the game the first time. And it'll give you a big list of them, and you get a certain amount of points from getting these, and you can actually buy th- buy weapons with these challenge points that you unlock. So it's basically like having achievements in there, but achievements that actually give you in-game currency mm-hmm. to buy to make your next playthroughs more fun, and you get more points depending on what level you play on, and then and, and you unlock like h- harder difficulty also, even if you know whether you play it through it on easy or standard. I think, and yeah, and, and it's. It's fun. It's fun to go through again and just skip through all the cutscenes and just and just blow the shit out of the out of the werewolves. And now, now that you know how to play it, you can just kind of blast through it. Because I got, I played it for what like two hours last night, and I was all already, like I said already almost as far as I was last week the first time. So once you kind of know where everything is, it, I mean, it's like you know, it's like what I did with Resident Evil One, where I got down to beating it in like less than three hours. Like you know, you just go through and you upgrade your weapons, you'll get better weapons, you can blow through the guys quicker, and when you get unlimited ammo, like. I figured I'm just going to play it because I'm playing through it on standard again and I want to get my weapons up till I can get unlimited versions of them. And then I'm going to try to go through on hard mode after that with unlimited ammo and see how far I can get, you know, cause that seems to be, you know, the still the survival horror aspect of it where you run out of ammo and you, uh, 
and then you have to go around and find new ammo and you know they might kill you in the process but the the new the new game plus in it is really cool because you you basically come back with all the shit that you had when you beat the game so you come back with all the weapons that you had before you died you're you're a you're like a your briefcase is completely upgraded still so you still have all the space you still have any of the ammo that you had you still have any of the any of the healing uh, things that you had before like you get all that shit right off the bat like right after you get to the village the first time after you go through the first cutscene so you can use all your guns to fight all those all those wolves that attack you at the very beginning. And I guess it's a, I guess it's possible to actually to beat them because at the very part they very first part they fight you and you get knocked down mm. and then they all kind of like you know roar in your face and then walk away. Um, I guess you can beat that big hammer guy because I saw there was a challenge for that that you get points for 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 beating the giant like lichen hammer dude and you get extra points for killing a certain amount of werewolves in that part where you're supposed to survive for a certain amount of time. So so yeah, there's a little there's extra stuff to do to do on the back end. And it's been a while since I played Resident Evil 4, and I mean, Resident Evil 4, I know everybody loves it because of whatever, but here's my points about why this might be better than Resident Evil 4. Number one, we have no quick time events in this. Quick time events are dumb. They were never fun. I didn't like them when Resident Evil 4 came out either. Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil 4 <laughs> essentially created them. Yeah, right? They pretty much created them, and then they were in everything, and they're not fun, and I don't like them. I don't like shaking the Wii remote to run away from a giant ball. And all the games that they influenced influenced them. Like all of a sudden, Resident Evil Five was Gears of War ish. Oh yeah, no, totally. Yeah, we talked about that on our Halloween episode, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, Resident Evil Five wasn't fun because it was trying to be a it, it was trying to be an action game, but it still controlled like a tank game, like a Resident Evil tank game. I would disagree with you on on the quick time events. I, you, I enjoyed the like quick them? time events in Resident Evil. Yes, I did in Resident Evil Four. I thought they were interesting and well utilized. Yep. I mean, but would you? I mean, would you still think? Do you still think quick time events are fun now? Like, do you still think it's cool to like hit hit some buttons, recently. and if you if you don't hit them in the right air, right right way, you get killed? I don't know. I, they they kind of like wore off their uh, effect on me pretty quickly. To me, they're more interesting than cutscenes. I think that they have their time and place, and especially in two thousand four when this game came out originally. Well, in this game when Resident Evil four came out originally, or was it two thousand five? It was five. Whenever it came out, you know, that shit was cool. And it was like really tense. And you're like, you know, that first time you kind of like space out and aren't looking at the cutscene and you're like, oh shit, I died. What just happened? Like, yeah. <laughs> you kind of learn, like, oh, I got to pay attention to the cutscenes. Well, can't, can't, can't put the controller down. Can't, can't, that eat, was can't, cool eat, then, can't eat your sandwich. But now, yeah, now I just would rather it be in game engine and uh, we don't need that stuff. Maybe like nice th- throw it in for a boss battle. Throw it, yeah, exactly. Throw it in for a boss battle or something. But yeah, the knife fight was cool. maybe not have it in all the time. Yeah, with Wesker. Mm-hmm. Was Wesker in that one, or was it a different guy? I thought it was a different guy. I think it was a different guy. He he was like a general or something, right? Yeah, I don't think it was Wesker because I don't think Wesker re- returned until five, right? Because Wesker, like, I don't know. I thought you kill. I thought you fight Wesker in a knife fight on the uh, on the bridge, whatever. I mean, I guess you. I guess you would know better that because you played it more recently. Maybe True. I always thought it was Wesker, but it wasn't. But I thought they called him Wesker. I just know uh, Wesker turns into some sort of superpowered zombie because you fight him in the uh, like right, in the light gun games. Well, <laughs> you, then you well he, you do fight him around. twice. You do the knife fight with him, and then later on you fight him in like a uh, kind of like a complex kind of area, and he's like chasing you, and he's the same. I love those battles where the boss is you know the same size as you and has a similar move set he also has like a crazy gatling gun or whatever but it's it's not it's not uh it's not wesker it's a Cro- it's jack krauser is his name oh krauser right, right, yeah, right. Yep, yep, yep. yeah 
It's Jack Krauser. I was going to say, Wesker's not in Resident Evil 4. Like, I would have remembered that. Because I, I know he comes back in 5, and I was just kind of like, why the fuck is Wesker died? I thought he died, like, a few games back. But For the listeners, I've only played all the way through 4. That's the only Resident Evil game I've played all the way through. So. I, I, have a, I have one more Resident Evil game that I've played through. Now I've played through 1 and 4 and Village. So there you yeah. go. Well, you played through uh, Revelations as well, right? Both of them. Uh, I didn't beat one, but I beat two. So yeah, I did. Yeah. I beat Resident Evil. I beat, I beat Re- Revelations two. I got all the way to the last boss on one and ran out of ammo, and I didn't have enough ammo to beat the boss, which was the same thing that happened with Resident Evil two on Nintendo sixty four for me. So, so there you go. I mean, I did. I did beat the light gun game. I beat the first one. I beat the Umbra- Umbrella Chronicles light gun game. So I guess you could count that as another Resident Evil thing. Own that. Maybe those games were fun. I didn't play much of the second one, the Dark Side Chronicles or whatever, but I I love that first one. I own that one. As I well. thought it was really cool cuz you get cuz you get to go through the original games and it's all like light gun and it's like a it's like a 10 or 15 hour light gun game, which is pretty huge for a light gun game. Yeah, cuz mostly you could play through those in an hour. But you know, I mean 7 or not uh, Village is great. Like uh you know, uh, I mean if you want to if, if you want to wait for a sale or something, I still like highly recommend it though. I think that both of you, I mean Jeremy already has it, but I think you would like it a lot. Yeah, I rather just play it on my It basically like it's a like I said, it's a first person shooter. And it's and it's an old school first person shooter in the effect that you know, like you don't gain your you don't gain your life back from just staying in a place. You still have to you still have to use health items. You have to collect keys to open doors just like you do in, in Doom. You know, that's what I'm saying yeah. that it's very much feels like an old school first person shooter but it looks great like it looks really yeah, well, good from what i've like played those, of it the enemies uh, yeah. are highly relentless and they'll they seem to have some measure of ai that's pretty nice well they do the same thing as resident evil 4 did when you're trying to aim at them they dodge yeah. away from you but now you can run and shoot that's a, that's another big uh yeah. case for me for this versus resident evil 4 is this this has better controls i'm sure whenever they release the resident evil 4 remake it'll be better but just those controls, man. I would. I don't understand why they, since they re-released it so many goddamn times, like they couldn't do one where they had fucking point and shoot or where it run and shoot, you know, instead of just like stop and stop and aim, you know. It's, it was just such an old control style. I mean, Resident Evil Revelations had it. They could easily put it in there. I don't know. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I came off, like after I beat it, I was like, oh, well, uh, Resident Evil Village is a good game. And I guess a friend of yours stopped in on my stream for a second, Jeremy. He said he knew you. It was like Rain something or other. A-R-A-I-N-E. Is their name? I don't know if you told anybody I was streaming, but some person stopped in and started talking to me and said they were a friend of Jeremy's. Oh, was it? Uh, it was probably um, my friend Jim. Mm. That's probably his Twitch name. He did. He did ask me if Nintendo Main uh, streams, and I did mention to him that you were streaming that game specifically. So that was probably him. Yeah, he hopped on in like the very end when I was fighting the final boss because I, mm-hmm. I beat I beat the game on stream. Because I oh, knew I, I knew I was pretty close to beating it, so I'm just like, all right, I'm just gonna play until it's over. And I thought I didn't thought I didn't have that much left, but then some events happen, and I'm like, oh, okay, all, all, all right, I'm definitely in the end here. And you know, the game even has a little bit of a Metal Gear Solid vibe to it too, because you have these you have these different like bosses that you fight that all have these different superpowers. So it's kind of like you you know in the Metal Gear Solid games, you always go through these different characters that have these these certain like extra powers, you know. And this game kind of reminds me of that a lot. There's like the hammer guy who has like who has telekinesis mm-hmm. who can like throw shit at you, and then there's like the girls with the bees or with the bugs, you know, that throw the bugs at you, and the giant yeah, the deme- and the giant demescrew. Yeah. And there's another guy that's kind of like a sludge character that turns into this mm-hmm. giant lake monster, 
Resident Evil 4 again, nice. reminding me of that game. So you fight a giant lake monster also. And why is the shopkeeper so enormous? Like he's just a giant. <laughs> the <human>. Duke? <laughs> I like the Duke. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, well, I like the Duke, but I also kind of find it a little offensive to just like use like fat people as like a as like a horror thing, you know, that's kind of a, I don't know, that's some fat phobic bullshit is what, is what that is. But, uh, but he's, but, and there was actually, there was a part where he referenced where he does say, what are you buying? He's like, I'm just kidding. You know, so he does, he does mention the other guy, but yeah, I don't know what, they don't explain like why he's whatever. I guess they just, is he maybe, I mean, there's like a fat, there's like a fat guy in Resident Evil and there's a fat guy in Metal Gear Solid 2, which I thought that was really stupid too. Like even at the time, like the fat man, you know, it's like, okay. I mean, I thought that was offensive then, but I mean, I like he's he shows up a lot and you collect like crystals and different treasures to sell him to buy new weapons and upgrade your weapons, which was something that you could do in. So does he kind of move around the map? It's not like. Yeah, he moves around the map. He's basically the safe room. Like whenever you find the safe room, he's there and there's a typewriter there for you to save. And that's pretty much how it is. But yeah, but he'll he'll follow you. He's got like a kiosk or a cart or something that he. He's he's in like a yeah, he's in like um. What do you? It's like a coach thing tied to a horse okay. or whatever. He actually does stuff later in the game. He does actually transport you somewhere in his in his in his uh st- stagecoach or whatever. So okay. he is kind of important. What a nice guy! But I don't know what his is. What, I mean, whatever is it? Like he knows about you. He knows about uh Lady Miranda and all that stuff. And I guess he's just trying to take her out. But no, I mean, I end, I ended up really enjoying it, and I'm glad that I got it. Even though you know it was on cloud, but. I beat a cloud game finally. Hey, look at that. <laughs> I finally made it to credits on a, on a cloud I mean, game. I guess cloud is pretty legit if both you and John, you know, two-thirds of the podcast have gotten significant. Yeah. I found a cloud game that really we really enjoyed on yeah. the system. That's yeah, there. Did you ever have any moments, any hiccups or anything like that as far as cloud goes? I mean, I was just saying last night when I was playing it, it just like froze up and just kicked me out for no reason. Oh, right, yeah. And then I, when I came back, my controls were switched. But that was about it. I mean, it's... It's weird because, like I said, sometimes the controls could be really lag, a little laggy, but sometimes they were really, really spot on. And also, it's kind of like, like most things, you kind of learn it, and then it doesn't bother you anymore. Like, and, and it's just a little bit, little bit of a lag. But after you play the game for a while, it's just like I was like spot on on the aiming, like going mm-hmm. from one to another. And I played the game with all the lights off. Like I was like really getting into it. Like I turned. I mean, the, it seems like the lights off in the, that... in, the, in the family room, and I was like super into the story and all that and yeah i just don't see you actually having finished it if the lag was really bad so that's i mean this game and same with hitman like those games just require too much precision for the lag to be bad correct you both uh, had as much enjoyment so no i i I think that's really cool this game in particular i'm not interested in cloud but maybe i'll try cloud with something i mean i mean you're i'm saying you already have this game just play it on ps4 I'm just saying you should play through the rest of it because it gets, it gets a, it gets really cool. Like there's a lot of really fun parts to it. And I might restart it on not easy mode. I think they're very much trying to, but they're trying to pull from the Resident Evil Four stuff. But I think it's, I think it's better because it's more modern. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the controls are better, and I don't I don't miss the real time event stuff. And it's and it is kind of it, it starts off kind of cheesy, but I feel like it gets a little more memorable towards the end. They're all cheesy. And I'm planning on well, yeah, Resident Evil super cheesy. There's Resident Evil Four super cheesy. Mm-hmm. We're thinking about if we're talking about that. And I'm you definitely work for the president. You got to save his daughter. Yeah. <laughs> and Leon Send is super the, corny the model from the Gap. Yeah, to save yeah. the daughter. <laughs> yeah, Leon. Leon is incredibly like corny as fuck too. Like through you know whatever. I guess I like Ethan a little bit better than that because he's not he's not that dumb. 
I guess. I mean, I guess he is kind of dumb, but he doesn't talk like Le- like like uh, Leon. But I'm definitely going to get the DLC for this whenever it comes out to Switch, the Winter's DLC, because you actually get because the idea the game is you know you if you if you've seen the beginning of Resident Evil Seven, you know that at the very beginning of it, it shows your girlfriend like sending you a video. I guess she gets abducted by this really weird like Texas Chainsaw Massacre type family. You have to go rescue her from there. Uh, the beginning of eight, you've, you're married to her and you have a child with her, Rose. Yeah. And uh, Rose gets abducted by these crazy people who have this, you know, weird village thing. And the whole idea is you saving this Rose baby. And the DLC is Rose grown up and you get to play as Rose. Is So there's a whole additional story where you where you get to do stuff with the kid when the kid's older and, and all that stuff. And also they, they uh, gave you the third person mode. So now you can walk around in, in third person. It's a big deal for that. But yeah, I had I had really I had a really good time with it. Highly recommended. Yeah, I think that's it for that one. But yeah, I see myself playing through it at least I mean, that, at least like one more time. This is the most you've had for Resident Evil since um, Revelations. So yeah, that's cool. I really liked Revelations. Yeah, I really like Revelations one and two. I, How, I think you, two you was giving a, your personal opinion on this game does make me want to go back and play it some more. Tbh. It was kind of like I wasn't really sure what to think of it at first, but I kind of came out of it with being with it being one of my favorite Resident Evils. Actually, well, probably I haven't played Resident Evil in a while. I'm really excited to play Seven because a lot of people say Seven is like the best one of all of them. I mean, an Eight was great, but Evans, but Seven's supposed to be like really. Fucking, I don't even really think Seven good. has attack or anything like that. In it. isn't Seven just a no? You can attack invading. Oh, okay. You can shoot people. It wouldn't be much of a Resident Evil game if you couldn't shoot anybody. That'd be more of a Silent Hill game, right? I guess the uh, the demo because I played through the demo for seven and oh okay. I don't think you ever get a weapon in that. Oh, I mean, there's this whole like I said, there's that whole section where they take all your weapons away. That where I got freaked out, but I I still I want to play seven regardless. I'm I'm gonna play it because yeah, because eight was so much fun and people and people keep yeah, saying well, oh seven is so six. good. <laughs> what do you think about that? Go for it. I hear six is terrible, but uh, yeah, I don't want to. Play you it. get a demo for it on Switch. You can give it a try. I have a demo on there. I never played it, but it is, there's a demo. But speaking of other games that are really hard, uh, Mario Party One. <laughs> that was another thing last week. I was talking about like Mario Party. You know, it's it's hard, but it's okay. I, I played I played through all of the boards, and uh, I got to this one board where uh, whenever somebody goes and gets the star from Toad, it flips. It flips from Toad to Bowser, and it and you know Toad takes twenty coins for you and you get a star and then it flips to bowser and bowser takes 40 stars from you and gives you or takes 40 coins from you and gives you no stars and this whole game i never got to toad once every time i landed on the fucking spot it was bowser and i paid him 40 stars for nothing and i was like oh my god this game is so unfair and it's incredibly unfair and annoying that's what i that's what i learned from last time and last time i said i played through a whole game without using the fucking you know with without doing the like uh rotating uh analog stick stuff every single game i did after that was fucking rotating analog <laughs> stick it was and i hate it i don't even think i can win like i can't even win that fucking uh even with everybody on easy i can't win the fucking tug of war game which i hate i hate that game i hate all of those fucking uh, rotating stick games like i did I, you put I despise on them when you played it no i tried to play it on my own and it's and it sucks like even trying to do it with my with my hand because i'm doing it with the with the 64 controller and I right. guess because my hands are bigger now or something, I keep accidentally hitting the pause button while I'm trying to rotate it, so it's like not working right. I doubt and... your hands are much bigger than they were when you. Played. Anyway, I can't fucking get it to work, and I hate those games so much, and I'm glad they're gone. <laughs> you know, because they're so stupid and they're so bad. Ugh. 
But I, I would, I've been trying to unlock all the... I want to unlock all the boards so I can at least play them all on Mario Party 1. And I want to get to credits just because I'd like to torture myself in that way. And me being a Mario Party fan, I feel like I should I see mean, you gotta love that they're on there. It's just... I do love that they're on there. But Mario probably Party 1 one of is, the best. is rough. It's Super probably rough. one of the best parts of uh, the expansion pack. Of the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack, right. yeah. Oh, also, I, I mean, I, I think I didn't mention this. I would this. like to play another game with you all, by the way. For sure. Well, it'd be cool if I could get on with with more than just the two of us. We could, tr- cool. I mean, I don't know if we could try to do it on a weekend or, I don't know, whenever you yeah. have, whenever you have time. And we could, all three of us I'd could play. play online, that would be cool. I don't know what our schedules are like, but next week I'm actually, I got some work, so I'll be busy most of the week, but we could try to figure it out. How dare you? <laughs> I, I want to get all the boards, and uh, one of the boards you need 950 coins to unlock it. I unlocked the ability to buy the Bowser board, but I don't have 950 coins. You get coins by playing the game, and you only get the coins that you get by yourself. So basically, human players are the only ones who get coins. So like the the computer players don't get anything. So if you played a bunch of four-player games, it'd be easier. So I read up on this trick, and this is a trick I actually did in college as well when it was out. Is basically you start the game and you put all the ch- all the characters on hard. I put it on fifty rounds, which is the uh-huh. largest, the longest amount of rounds, which is only two hours actually. Huh. I actually wanted to stream a full fifty hour one, but so you put put everybody on as you start it, put everybody on hard. Uh, switch yourself to CPU and put that on hard too, and just let them all play. Just let everybody play and you just put it on Walk the background. Yeah. I did it while I was doing the WART radio episode. Actually, I just recorded my shit for that and I just let it play in the background. I jumped in and I leveled. You were running a simulator. <laughs> I jumped in in round forty-eight before everything uh, was done, and I turned on all four of the con- all four of my controllers at once, and I turned them all to human, and then I played all four of them through like the last two rounds, and then you get all the coins and you get all the stars. So I ended up getting like twenty-five stars or something like that, and you need to have a hundred stars to unlock the eternal star board. So wow. if you want to get that without going insane and playing like 20, I don't know, you'd probably have to play like 50 games or something because most of the time you'd be lucky to even get four stars. Because that one where I kept get hit, getting hit with Bowser, I ended up with one star and that was just the happening star that I got as a bonus star because I couldn't get anything in the fucking game. So yeah, if you want to get it, that's the best way to do it. But I, for, I had completely forgotten that I did this when we were in Lincoln because uh, I remember I bought these games from Chris Luzio because he... Uh, he sold them for like $2 each because he was going through some sort of, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, it's Christian college. He felt like he couldn't go to heaven because he played video games or whatever. So he sold all his 64 <laughs> games to us at ridiculously Jesus. low prices. And I ended up buying Mario Party 1 and 2 from him for $4. So it was like, I felt bad about it. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? But I mean, I don't know. That's what he wanted to do. And I got two excellent games for, well, one great game and one subpar game for $4. So there you go. But that's my that's my video game stuff. I mean, adjusted for inflation, though, that's like $7. No. That's my video game stuff. But I actually have a, this is similar to John's uh, stuff that you've been doing on your setup. But I did, uh, I bought a couple things. I actually bought for Jess for an early Christmas present because I saw it on the internet. Oh, you're going to ruin it. Oh, I already, I already showed it to Jess. Okay. They, they know about it. I bought uh, the Animal Crossing uh, Hallmark ornament of uh, KK Slider. Oh, how nice! And uh, I got, a, I got on Amazon, got on Amazon for twenty bucks. It looks exactly like the amiibo. I think it's actually a little bit, it's a little bit better detailed. But the cool, but the cool thing is, you're gonna hear it through the, the cool thing you're gonna hear in the bi- in the in the mic, is that it sings to you, which I didn't even know about until we got it. Oh, <laughs> 
we've got some grunts and some whistles in there. I love it. Yeah, they put like a full sample in there. We're going to get a lot of views on YouTube for people searching for the KK Slider Hallmark Ornament song. I mean, there's like <laughs> I a should put, We one. should put Hold that on. part on the free YouTube feed. Wait, so wait, 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 wait. Yeah, this is it too. <laughs> I, di- I, didn't, I, didn't know that it, I didn't know that it talked until, uh, until we got it. I just bought it because it's an Animal Crossing ornament and just likes Christmas stuff. So I was like, hey, uh, I should get this. You know, because, you know, like... Jess and I talk about this, you know, like most of the time when you see an amiibo or you see a toy or whatever that you want, just buy the toy. Don't wait, because if you do, you're never going to fucking get it again. You're never going to see it again. You know, so that's kind of like our mentality on that. It's like if you see it, it's amiibo, buy an amiibo, because you're going to see it and you're not going to get it. And then you're never going to see it again. And you're going to wish that you got it that one time. Like this one. And that's why I bought this one when I saw it. Yeah, I bought that. I I bought that too. I bought it. I have a Poochie as well. I paid like. 20 bucks for it, I think, and I still got a really good deal on it. You can see where the cat took care of his lip a little bit there. Yeah. And the same thing with ornaments. Like, I think, I, I remember the old ones, a lot of them would have like a number, like a certain number of whatever. So there might be a limited amount of them too. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to get it now. And it's cool. And I was, I said I was going to mention about it on the show because he's super cool. And because, uh, Snow. This is actually completely non-video game related, but it will be eventually once AEW Fight Forever comes to Nintendo Switch. I bought my first AEW figure. Uh, we went to um, we went to Toy to Sure. They were having an art show over there where they painted different um, McDonald's chicken nuggets into different. Oh, did things. you get a nugget figure? I didn't get a nugget figure. No, because those are expensive. They're like hundreds of dollars. <laughs> no. Oh, were they? No, I went Some in there. That was really cool. I went in there and I bought a, a toy of Nyla Rose from AEW. So. Pretty happy to have it. I'm not sure if I'm going to open it or not because it That's is like cool. it's in a box, but it's like cool sealed. Box. But it's sealed like a regular toy inside of the box. Mm-hmm. But this is Nyla Rose when uh, when she had uh, the women's uh, championship belt. You can see it under there. This mm-hmm. was another one of those things. I saw this toy at GameStop once, and I didn't get it because I bought a bunch of uh, Monster Hunter amiibo, and I always wanted this Nyla Rose. And and they finally had AEWs at, at toy AEW toys at Toy Du Jour because Sam was telling me that all the wrestling toys they get they just people they disappear people just come in and buy them real quick so they had a decent amount of AEW toys but I bought Nyla Rose for twenty bucks uh, she goes for twenty five at retail so it was a little bit less but I'm I don't care I'm happy to have happy to have a, a wrestling toy finally and it's Nyla's Nyla's one of my favorites so there you go I figured I'd I'd get another one if they make a Dan Housen toy or something. I haven't seen one yet, but but yeah, that's my stuff. Well, for me this week, gotta tell you, you you get hit by these things. We've all had them, but uh, yeah, I have to get some. Um, I have to get to my last wisdom tooth extracted, and it's going to be a bit more of a process than other surgeries I've had. So, yeah. is it is it like a root canal kind of? Well, no, it's an extraction, but the way my roots are, uh, the way the roots grew. I don't know, just the state of the tooth, it's it's more of an invasive, you know, about as invasive as you can get with an extraction. So they're probably going to have to put me under and stuff. So it's expensive and it's, I don't have dental insurance. So it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. 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 That's, so, uh, that's going to be rough. I just, uh, there's a reason why I haven't like been talking about new games and stuff lately. I mean, thank goodness. Like I bought that one game for three bucks. <laughs> Because it's been, I've been getting a lot of miles out of You're it. Still which I'll talk about here in a second. That, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I haven't been able to buy any of the new games because I just can't afford it. Like I, I jokingly here, I'm saying like I can't get a PS5 because my surgery costs more than 
the PS5. Like, here's this money I had saved, but now it has to go into my face. I thought you weren't getting one anyway because of the TV price and all that. I mean, <laughs> or at least you not know, for a while. Yeah, it's probably and still. Plus, you got to find one somewhere and and care. I d- I still don't actually want it that bad. It's just uh, to have this like floating five hundred dollar thing that I want in space. I thought it was it's nice more than to like that. compare it with other things. Well, it's more with. I would say, didn't, didn't they just raise the price because of right, inflation they, or well, something? <laughs> the price is going to go up soon. Yes, you're correct about that. Um, so anyway, uh, needless to say, I've just been kind of broke lately. And, you know, we all go through this from time to time. But uh, that's why I just haven't really had a lot to say about new games lately. But I have still been doing my part. I've been playing video games. Um, played more Vampire Survivor uh my friend and Dan and I talk about it every time we work. We're like, so where'd you do? Like, what'd you do? This, that, the other. <laughs> like, it's actually a thing we like kind of like talk around the water cooler about. And uh, it's just a cool, it's just a cool game, but there's a lot more to it than I even knew last week. Um, at this point, I've unlocked every level as far as I know. And I got to a weird, like, it's not side scrolling. Like it's still like three quarters overhead or whatever. Gauntlet style uh, gameplay, but. There's this level where you're literally like hiding from a boss that's chasing you and have to like, navigate around these different obstacles so the boss can't see you. And it's just completely different gameplay than what I'm used to in the rest of the game. So, yeah, I have not beaten that yet, but I just thought it was kind of cool. It just came out of left field. All of a sudden, I'm playing a normal level, and then um, the boss I was fighting started to like get kind of glitchy looking, and then the whole screen got really glitchy and started to... like. It was weird. Like they did a really cool graphical effect and I ended up getting warped to this new like secret level or whatever, which was, yeah, where this boss is. I don't know if it's the final boss of the game, but talking to my friend Dan more and more, I guess there is an actual end to the game. So we'll see if I get to that. But I, I didn't think there was. I didn't realize that until like a day or two ago that they actually did put an end game into this thing. So um, I was looking at my Steam profile and I've put over 40 hours into this game. The past couple of weeks so it's yeah it's a serious i mean i put it it's fun and you know it's great you can play it with one hand you can pet your kitties while you play vampire survivor that's right because because all you do is move right you don't actually it, it kind of like yep. attacks on its own right like depending on whatever your setup is yeah your there loadout. is like you have to hit like a confirmation button but that's just when you're like in between like leveling up or when you get the upgrades so, i mean it's actually fairly often but you know it it kind of for the most part, you can just sit there and and move around, which I do. Um, you know, I use a controller, so I just hit literally any button, or you can even just hit any button on your key, any key on your keyboard to advance it. In the meantime, you can just use the the stick on your controller and pet a kitty while you're doing it. And I actually was playing it earlier this week, and my one cat would get jealous while I was petting the other one. I have to like switch sides with which uh, hand I was using to play the controller because they were sitting on both sides of me, but. They seem to have picked up on the fact that I can uh, pet them while I play this game. So, I I highly recommend this game if you like to pet kitties while you play video games. <laughs> our, our cat Spooky, like uh, he he has a because he likes to get real close on you. Like he he wants to like sit yeah. like right in your face. So he'll like if you're on your phone, he will specifically mm-hmm. po- position his body in front of the phone. Mm. Or if you're like on a computer like me, he'll lay in front of the computer. Or if you're playing a game, he will lay in front of the controller. Like he knows, like that yeah. he, he wants you to be done with whatever you're doing. So he'll put himself in front of whatever you're trying to do, and and be like right in your face, and just want you to 
give them all the loves and all that, which I do. My cats have been doing that more when I play guitar lately. It's like, all right, you stop playing now, okay? Like they'll like get up in my lap where like I'm sitting down playing it and I have to like hold it up higher and then like another cat will come over and it's like, all right, I get it, guys. You're sick of hearing me play guitar. I'll stop. They're like, get good, get good. Why, get a little, why did you even get, get a little get, get. to the left? You know, you just try to play any other game. There, there you go. You're playing a little to the left with your cat. Oh, for me, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Jess said the same thing. Like you could already organize things and, and and pet the cat. I'm like, but there's not not magic in it. There's magic in this. It's hidden. But I did play some more, uh, you know, soul, soul stuff this week. I'm going to keep talking about that. That's that's the this is the year of the souls for Jeremy. Uh, 2022. I'm into I'm into Sin's Fortress in Dark Souls, which you actually unlock by ringing two bells, which is very similar to another game we've been playing that we were playing recently. You had to ring two bells to like oh tune ahead. Yeah, it's the same thing in Dark Souls. You ring these two bells, and then you go into this fortress that's kind of like locked the whole time. Oh, okay. In fact, yeah, there's yeah. like a there's a character like waiting by the door, like who's just given up on trying to open it, so he just sits there, waits for you to open it, and then he goes inside. I mean, that's 100% taken from Dark Souls for Tunic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We said so anyway, um, I've gotten to Sin's Fortress. There's these giant, these these guys that have snakes for heads. They're pretty strong. And then you're running through a lot of these uh, environmental uh, hazards where there's like swinging uh, axe blades and stuff. You know, very Indiana Jones. Lots of like tiles. If you step on them, stuff will shoot at you. So. Yeah, it's getting pretty crazy, but I guess I have to get to the top of this fortress, and there's not a not a bonfire in sight. So I've been on that for the past couple of days, but also just decided I'm going to br- grind for a bit. So I'm trying to hit level fifty. I think I'm currently at level forty-seven, and uh, I figure I, if nothing else, I'm making progress by leveling up. If I can't get through the fortress, and uh, might go around do, tie up some loose ends, but. I did get through, you know, I got through Blight Town, and I'm still super proud of that, that I made it through Blight Town, because Blight Town was like, I've been hearing about that since the game first released, about how terrible it was, and how people quit the game at that point, and I got through it. I mean, it's it almost feels like I beat the game already. I mean, and it was, and it didn't, like, the frame rate didn't fuck up on the Switch, or, or did it? No, it was fine. Okay, because I know people saying that that was that that, that Blight Town was the something was the thing you should play to know whether anything whether it runs well on whatever system you're playing it on. Because yeah, they add a bunch of environmental effects, there. like a bunch of like uh, particle effects and stuff to like make it harder to see. And I think that just ate up all the whatever the juice it, it needed to run well. Yeah, I'm I'm obviously a game developer. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, though, yeah, so Dark Souls, keep playing that. And uh, I actually played some Elden Ring this week. Um, I threw my, because I had my, I have my laptop set up to permanently just be hooked up to my TV so I can play <laughs> Vampire Survivors on it. Um, but I put uh, Elden Ring on it and did some, because I wasn't able to get it to run right before, but I did, I tweaked the settings a little bit. And now I can get it to run okay on the TV and play it with the controller. So, Back to the fire giant, back to trying to beat the fire giant. I played the fire giant five or six times and still sucks. I have not gotten better enough to beat the fire giant yet, but I actually went back and gained a couple of levels in Elden Ring as well. Just did some grinding. It was like, at least I'm going to be able to say that that I made some progress this week in this game. So I gained two levels in Elden Ring just for, just to say I've done something in the game. There you go. New towards the fire giant. 
But otherwise, uh, there was a movie I thought we might talk about if we've all seen it. But then the 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 other thing was like, do we have to? I thought I might as well mention just because uh, Nintendo, you know, the the uh, mascot for Nintendo was Mario. Well, most people would agree that's probably like the main mascot. He's got a nice mustache, and I actually entered a mustache contest. You don't have a mustache. Oh. Well, I don't because the mustache begins with you shaving it off. Oh, okay. Oh, so, I thought it was so like is, that that was your penance because you didn't win. They got rid of whatever mustache you didn't have. This or... is this is three days of mustache here, so I've got twenty one days to grow a new one and uh have it look real cool. Is it before you turn forty? Is that is that what it is? Get a mustache before you're forty? No, the the it's actually a, a just a tradition around here in um November. I've talked about it on the show before, but I lost a friend. Well, I've lost a couple of friends recently, but the friend I lost uh, a few months ago uh, that I ended up going to like a couple of different memorial events for, he was the reigning champion of this contest. So it's kind of like also like sort of like an, in honor of him, like more people are participating and kind of doing this thing. And it's more about theatrics and more about like, um, you essentially you create a persona and then you like do an event that uh you know you do like a sort of like theatrical thing where you like have an entrance or whatever it's kind of like wrestling you like get a theme song you get inner nice. as your character and all that and then you do a talent so everybody gets just to pick whatever talent it is so what's your I talent I haven't completely decided yet, but I think it's going to have something to do with writing. So maybe poetry or song or something like that. I was going to say you should you should play through uh, uh, Dino Wars for everyone. That'll be the be your talent. You could live well live play I through Dino Wars in, in a couple hours. I don't. <laughs> I think it's yeah. I, I, it's going to be actually on a stage. Like I probably got to limit it to like something under a couple of minutes long. With that that was my dream when I not really my dream I just thought it would be funny when I was in high school when I was like a senior and I was like fuck high school I thought it'd be funny to like sort of like kind of prank the like Mr. Morton contest or whatever mm. and like enter myself in there and my talent was going to be getting 100 star or getting 100 coins in a in the rainbow level on Super Mario 64 which is hard as fuck so if I actually saw somebody do that on the spot I would just hand them the title for whatever the fuck they were they were going against because I was thinking about, I was like, I don't even know if I could, I mean, I've done, I did it, but I mean, I don't think I could do it on the spot. It's hard as fuck. Cause there's, you know, you're on this like big carpet that's moving through the whole thing and the carpet disappears if you're not on it for long enough. And it's very, very difficult, but that was my, uh, that was my talent that I was going to do for that, for that contest. In, yeah. In my so mind. It, 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 it is kind of mirroring like a, a beauty pageant in a very like minimalistic way. So yeah, it's like that. The, the entrance, mustache beauty pageant. Yeah. Right. It's the entrance. It's the um, the talent, and then the final round is trivia, and so everybody's just on equal playing field or whatever. As far as like, we don't know what the trivia questions are going to be. When was and... the first mustache ever reported in history books? I don't even think it works like that. But anyway, it's <laughs> it's it's something that's just been sort of a tradition around here. That's been kind of lo- it got lost during the pandemic, you know, because people weren't hanging out and going to the bars and stuff anymore, and. It came back last year, and um, that was the last year our friend A-Rock, who passed away, was in it. And then, so this is the first year, you know, that he's gone. And I, and like I said, I was like, I don't know, because it's out of my comfort zone. I'm not really, you know, I like to do music stuff, like in bands and stuff. I'll, I'll get on stage for that, but I, I'm not comfortable on stage for the most part otherwise. And uh, so doing this sort of thing is like me getting out of my comfort zone, but my reasoning being like, it's a tribute to this this friend of mine. Yeah. yeah. It was nice. 
Yeah. I'll update I'll update the podcast with how my mustache contest goes. It's it's really not what you think it's gonna be. I'm not growing like a crazy like birdcage mustache. You're not you're not like twirling or it's it's not those right. type of one where it's all about styling and all that. And, no. and wax it's and just uh it's just a it's just a tradition that I'm taking part in this year. Not much more to it. But yeah, l- lastly, speaking of awesome mustaches, especially going back to the eighties when it mattered. <laughs> I think it's, it's so. I did. I did people. watch the new Weird Al movie. Yeah, I had to segue into this. Were, were, were you able to because you hooked your laptop up to your up to your TV? Because yes. uh, yeah, there is no app. You can't you can't watch it through your Amazon. Uh, used to Chromecast. do this too, and it was so infuriating. Like because yeah, Roku you can only play through a fucking Roku machine unless yep. actually you could have played it without your computer. Because I found out. For some reason, the Roku streaming service is included with new Samsung TVs that have internet. So I watched it through my TV because it was I, it in wasn't, there. I couldn't find it. Maybe I just needed to go to the little. I just searched it. TV version of the App Store. Yeah, I just searched it, and it was already on there. So it said, it, and it said it was included. So thankfully, I was able to. Do, otherwise, I would have tried to hook my laptop up as well. So, but yeah. I only watched the th- first thirty minutes of it. Oh, so you the saw the tonight. so you saw the best part of it. Cool. Just you yeah. can stop right there. Don't watch anymore. You're, you're all you're all good. Uh-oh. I don't know. I feel like if you like UHF, <laughs> you'll like this movie. I love UHF. UHF is There's one of my of favorite movies of all it. time. But I this Through movie was film. a it it was it was just like you know that South Park joke where they call where it's like the, they have the Native Americans and one of them is called like premise premise running thin. Because they keep doing the same joke over and over again through a twenty-minute episode. That's basically this, but it, but in like an hour and forty minutes of a movie. And uh, yeah, I I I love Weird Al. I've seen Weird Al play three times. Uh, UHF is one of my favorite movies of all time. I own it on DVD and VHS, and I've could quote it from beginning to end. Uh, this sorry, this movie I lost me about like half hour into it. Once they once he started hanging out with Madonna and got into like. Pablo Escobar and like drugs or whatever. I was just like, this movie's fucking boring. I'm ready for it to be over. That's that's how I felt. It was it was funny at the beginning, but it goes it really doesn't go anywhere, and there's like no substance to it whatsoever. That's kind of my my issue with it. Well, that's why I that's why I stand by my uh, UHF thing. It's like the movie's bonkers. Like UHF had the premise of you know different channels have different shows on them or no i'm sorry they, they just had the one channel but the programming blocks had different shows on them and stuff you know so like you could just have all these random premises for a tv show and stuff whereas in this it's like weird Al literally is rewriting his life yeah and so in that like there's a lot of freedom there to just get ridiculous and he takes every moment he can and if you've listened to like you know if you like the song albuquerque like he goes off the deep end in that with the things he's talking about like i think this movie fits right into that just yeah it's excess but i think it fits the brand it was it was just too much of the same joke over and over again for me like i liked it because he's always been corny like there's never been i mean i like i like weird Al. i'm just saying the movie in itself was a letdown for me i thought i thought i thought it was going to be better i'm interested to see the rest of it now so i liked the first 30 minutes so so did i I liked the first of the thirty minutes too, and then I got bored. I just got tired and fell asleep because I was I was tired, not because I thought the movie was boring or anything like that. It keeps happening to me. I'm with aliens. I would have fallen asleep yeah. too if I was tired at that part. Well, I'm like I I just was kind of like you know I, I I noticed I think Jess wasn't really paying that much attention to it, and I was just kind of like this movie got kind of boring. Like it's and then it just it gets like too extreme. It's like okay, and it's just like 
what it's just, in the end it's just like what's what's the point at least uhf like had commentary on like television at the time like there was a substance in there like they were making fun of talk shows and like racists and like all this other shit in there that was in that was in that movie like they were stuff to it where after you see it you pick it apart in your brain you're like okay well that was good that was good i want to see it again but this one was like it almost reminded me of the movie tusk by kevin smith where it was much more much funnier as an idea than an actual movie because the funniness wears off in the first like 20 or 30 minutes is what i thought of it uh i i, I linked the uh behind the music weird owl special that's only 40 minutes uh watch that i think it's quicker and a lot more fun and real so check that out. It has a lot more substance and it's shorter and less disappointing to, than the movie. I'm going to watch it again, I think. I really feel it has the potential to be a cult classic. Like A lot of cult classics are disappointing initially. So let's give this movie at least that benefit of the doubt that maybe there's something we're going to unravel as we watch it multiple times. Yeah, you may not be interested, but I'm watching it again. Okay, good for you. I'm definitely interested in motivating not watching it watching the movie. I'll probably, I'll yeah. probably watch it tonight after the podcast. Yeah. So I'll be, maybe we'll have more discussion. I just, I felt it, it was very it. dense and there was a lot that I was probably missing on my first view. Uh, I felt like I saw whatever it had to offer at the beginning. Well, Jeremy, if that's all you got, um, my big news of the week is that I've got my setup all set up. Um, if you're not watching the video of this podcast, I can just tell you. Uh, I got I got a little podcast room going here now. Wait, a whole and, room? Yeah. So, well, this is a large closet with a desk in it. It's like I, I don't really know the, why this thing has a, a desk in it. Maybe it's meant to be like a sewing room or something. I don't is know. Is this like a, a an old house converted into apartments? Kind no, of it's it's a it's an apartment complex. It's it's condos. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I don't. I, yeah, I don't know why. But I guess I see where you're going with that with the you know old houses. Maybe I had sewing rooms or something, mm-hmm. or they just repurposed like the layout and you end up with weird shit like that. Well, as soon as I saw it when I came to this place for the first time, I said that's where I'm doing the podcast, and so I started setting stuff up here. So I got my old stuffed Mario that my sister gave me. I got the Yoshi from uh, the Happy Meal from I think it was 2005 or so. I got my E3 badges behind me, and then I've got Chuck Martin A right there. Uh the photo that I yeah. also sent to Jeremy. Uh, yeah, I have the... I, I recognize that from uh the last uh podcast room you had. Mm-hmm. I I've seen it in the previous podcast rooms. I think it was the LA one, right, that it was in? Yeah, yeah it was in LA. I remember seeing yep. it. I remember seeing it in the LA apartment. Yeah, Mario too. So I got a couple other things that I just kinda of don't know what what to do with or how how to put them up yet. We got um, a lot of white space behind you for. I got a lot of white space. Yeah, I got to throw up some posters or something back where's there. A, where, where's the um, Where's the Super Mario Brothers movie poster that I got you from Japan? Where's Where's right that over here? It's actually I've got this pile of stuff here. I'll show you in a second, but um, I want to frame this stuff. I don't. I was like, I don't want to put like sticky stuff on there. And oh, you, you don't. Yeah, you don't want to hurt the yeah the paper. Right. So I got a stack of things over here that I intend to do something with. Maybe. Maybe by by the next show, uh, hopefully I can find some some uh, frames or something. I've got these uh, perler beads that Jeremy made a while ago. Mm-hmm. I want to put those up somewhere, and then uh, actually, in addition to the podcast, this area. Oh, and it's still yes. there. 
<laughs> I need a send it send it to me send it to me, really send it to me right and I'll send it to John. I know that's I know that's silly. Just send just send it just send it to John. This is the the Sonic the Hedgehog picture that they got me a while ago. From uh yeah from uh the Midwest nearly a year ago right. It was it was two Midwest classic gaming classics ago because I didn't go to the last one because I was working there but I was there I went to the after party it was November right there yeah Yeah. right next to Mario that's where that's where it'll go that'd be a good place for it gotta gotta go fast gotta get in addition to the podcast room I set up my uh, my actual gaming setup if you give me a a second I'll I'll dial in on the phone here and I'll I can take you guys into the living room on my phone fuck yeah does that mean does that that means that more is set up than just a switch then? That's what you're saying. That's correct. That's good. Oh damn, we got that portrait view. We got some shake cam here. Oh, that's there's a nice wood floor. Yeah, there's your uh your uh desk your uh, TV stand there that has that has all that. Oh extra. nice. I like the unit next to it. Has the squares. The, oh you got the handhelds. Oh that's nice. Yeah, I got a spot for the handhelds over here. And then I got the, the game, game watches. watches down there. Wait, There's what's the, the third one? The third one is the is the actual Nintendo watch. prize. Oh, okay. Yeah. That looks really nice. Thank you. Yeah. Is that your uh, computer down there? That is the ColecoVision. ColecoVision, uh, GameCube, NES. Oh, yeah. Xbox 360 that maybe works or maybe doesn't. So is that just That's a the thing that... that the speaker's sitting on, like a stand? Uh, that the is the flat thing. The subwoofer here? Or, or, oh, you, well, I see what you mean. Right under the, TV, a, the big. It's a TV silver. stand, right? Oh, that's a stand. Yeah, yeah. it's a TV stand. Yep. yep. There's some. Uh, there's some mini consoles on the right here. There's a, the NES there's and a, the Super Nintendo Classic. And the Super Mini console. And the Super Mini, the Super Mini console that we got from Japan. The right. Sega. Uh, so well, the, I guess the Mega Drive would be the Mega Drive uh, Mini. You obviously there. don't have cats. Mini Mini. I don't have cats. No, I don't. I could and never then, have uh, something yeah. like that sit down. <laughs> <laughs> be gone in a second. Plus the little games, like I like that yeah. little detail of. Oh yeah, it came with Max little game. Come with little games you could put in so there too. Cute. Right. There's an old Atari flashback from like 20 years ago now. Wow. The flashback could have a play flashback. Play. Right, and then there's that Dance Dance Revolution. Which <laughs> I, st- I still like that. I think it was worth the 25. dollars I think it's pretty cool. It's so tiny. We should have sold it when th- we could. I thought it was bigger than that. Yeah, I got my. Mario Kart's down there. The R Wing is it? Isn't that the R Wing from uh the that game that's like Starlink? Yeah. It's a Starlink R Wing. Yeah, yeah. You got your mannequin hand. It's got its own The R Wing was the coolest thing out of it. The visco R Wing. I like how it's next to the light. I remember you showing that before, where it's like about to grab the. It turns the, the light, light off. And on. I figured I'd do that again. Yeah, and then over here. Got the drawers set up with all the different controllers. There's an NES Advantage up there too. I, I see that. Wow. I, I spot that. You got a pretty. You got the. You got the um, setup here, man. The question block. Uh, question block box with the with the uh, Mario trophy. I have that same thing, but yeah, you got that from Club Nintendo, yeah. right? Yeah. You got a cap yeah, and Amiibo. Club Nintendo. I do. Yeah. There's and this the, is actually not, the not a not. It's not an advantage. It's a, a freedom, freedom stick, stick from Camerica. It's oh, wow. a knockoff advantage. Which coincidentally is what I call my gun. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when you when you said freedom stick, I yeah, I already thought about some ridiculous right wing garbage on that. Like, <laughs> yeah, like the freedom stick is that, that sounds bad. That sounds like OAN territory or something like that. <laughs> I got my DJ hero. 
Oh yeah, and the power glove. It's like scratching. That's cool. Oh, the gen and the controller controller boxes. From yeah, the, from- I like how you have the gloves actively <laughs> doing things to hands. Uh, drawers with, with make it make sense. Controllers you know, in it. Sure, up. yeah. Thrown somewhere. Mm-hmm. Got some DK con- bongos back there. Yep. Yeah, I have a. I we we got this um like table thing for the for the um, living room that has really, de- really deep drawers in it. And I was able to put all of my controllers in there for the, for all the things I've hooked up in the living room. So it really helps. Oh, deeper look into there. So you can see my original wizard VHS. Your that companion I got from cube. Point video. Yeah. My, my friend uh, had 3d printed a companion cube and gave that to me. So I appreciate that very much. Yep. That's my, that's my setup. Oh, my cereals. Two of my 60 boxes of cereal or whatever that I have. Oh, yeah. Do you still have the, I guess you still have those somewhere. It's looking I good. I still have those somewhere. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You should probably put but, some stuff on the wall back behind it, but maybe not. Maybe for the minimalism of it all, you don't need Yeah. It. No, no wall stuff, but this like, looks better than your LA yeah, apartment. I, got, I agree. Yeah. I got nothing on the walls yet. And I think for out here, like, and I put something on the walls. I want to try to make it look kind of classy, get frames and stuff for it versus. I've done, I've done just throwing posters on the wall. Before. I like the scroll. The scroll thing is really good for posters and stuff. There's, the pa- there's oh, Pac-Man. Yeah, but, yeah, there's my Pac-Man. You just like for have sure. to do some sort of frame thing on the top and bottom, and then it like the gravity stretches it out, and you hang it up. Oh, uh, like a down. like flag po- like the ones that I have in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my Zelda one. Right but there. you can buy like adapters to hang up your posters that way. Like they've got ones that are like magnetic that'll click to it, and then you hang it up. It's pretty dope. Oh, yeah, I, I like your uh, yeah, arcade like, one up that you got for free. I have like four different uh, uh, whatever flag posters, like scroll posters in here. That looks pretty good over there. Yeah, as soon as I saw, I was like, "Oh, that's so." That, and that's your podcast there. studio back there. That's the podcast studio. Wow, that's pretty yep. dope. Having a little arcade and then a little with a little star hanging yeah. from the ceiling. Yeah, that, that's hanging to the light switch there. So. Yeah, that's my setup, and there's the rest of the place that just has nothing to do with video games and all that. But so, yep. so all, all, are all your systems ho- hooked up and ready to go? Then did you find a way for them to hook up to your TV? No, I didn't hook all of them up yet, but the ones that all could get hooked up, I did. So like the Wii U and anything that's more modern, I, I hooked it up. And that's and that's like stuff that has a HDMI out, is what you're saying, right? That's correct. Okay, yeah, because I was wondering if you'd figured out a solution with the. Uh, with that, I mean, I think, well, I mean, depending on which system it is, like, if you just want to, like, put your Wii on the TV and, like, the GameCube through the Wii, you can just buy, like, an HDMI adapter for the Wii for really cheap, like, for, like, 11 bucks maybe, from Amazon. I bought a couple of those for both of my Wiis that I have hooked up, and they just kind of hook on the back, and you just have HDMI out for there. That's kind of a good solution for that, I guess, but... Right. One thing I did if I was, like... I guess I did sort of work on my space a little bit this week, but it's this here. I can just turn this around. Those empty walls. I have a, I have a sound bar attached to the wall. I, yeah, attached to the wall, and then I want to use it as a stand for my amiibo because I can put the amiibo on top. Oh, okay. As long as it n- isn't too loud and doesn't vibrate. Well, it's too loud and they all <laughs> fall off. Yep. Yeah. So I have to like. Use it would probably have to of... be. It would probably have to be pretty loud for that, and that would be more of a subwoofer thing. Well, right? I've already for done it. To... Yeah. 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 I've already done it. Like all the heaviest ones, like uh, the Mario one falls off, and the uh, both of the fluffy ones fall off, and the uh, this one, this one falls off. Woo. Anyway, yeah, Wolf that's. Link. I do like being able to use it as a as a um, as a shelf as well, but you definitely have to use some sort of adhesive to. <laughs> 
keep them in place if you're going to bump the bass at all. Like, I want to listen to some White Zombie, you know? You gotta hear that bass. You gotta hear that bass. <laughs> the, um, what's it? Whatever that fucking, uh, Dragula, the Dragula song. Yeah. That's the, um, you know, like one of my favorite, the 8 4 Play podcast that I listen to from Japan. Uh, that's mm-hmm. their, that's their news theme is, is Dragula. It's a fucking amazing song. <laughs> it's that's hilarious. Super. It's just, it's, I, 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 I love their news theme. Well, it's just basically that song with, with news, like with, uh, a person saying news and in between just not excitingly at all. And it's amazing. I love it. Cause that was like a running joke was that it was the Dracula song on there. My, uh, in, in high school, I remember cause all like, that was a song that kind of united the, I don't know if you would have called this nerds. We were the, the new metal kids and the jocks and, uh, the jocks were like, we love that song Dracula. Like they get some, it's pumped up before a football game. Like they listen to it in the locker room before they like go out on the field. And they're like, Coach Mack loves it too. And then, like, what the coach in the high school was like, Dig through the ditches. Like he would sing it in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah, wow. And we were just like, wow, this is a, this is actually a cultural touchstone. We just don't even realize it yet. But looking back on it now, I'm like, damn, even uh, Coach Mack liked it. He was like, that's how came to school. Fifty five at the time. I was a. I mean, I was like a. I was a white zombie fan for like a second. Uh, I had their like. I had that one album that had like more human than human. I don't know what all there, but uh, Dragula. Creeps, Drag, Dragula wasn't on there, so Dragula. I didn't hear about Dragula, no, Dragula until like way later. Is, uh, Rob Zombie solo. Oh, okay, career. yeah, because that was the only yeah, thing. It was off his first solo record. Okay, because yeah, because wasn't it on like the Matrix two, like on mm-hmm. the soundtrack, and that's where a lot of people heard it. Uh, was it Rebel- I mean, it Revelations was or Reloaded or whatever it's called? I mean, but yeah, a lot of people saw that movie because the first one was good. Whatever. Anyway, uh, is that uh, is that that for that? Is that? All right. Uh, we we're gone a little bit long here, but there's like one thing I want to talk about before we go. Just because I think it's cool to go through the list, but they put out the uh, the top twenty best uh, most bought games in Japan, and I thought the list was really really interesting, and I thought we would just like go through that list. And then we can just like call it a day because I don't think we really need to talk about much else other than that. Aside from no, we don't need to. I would say all we would really do is just talk about games that came out. We don't really need to do that. But I I thought it was a so I guess where I where I found this is like it was you know it was put up as a news story as Animal Crossing being like the number one most bought game ever in Japan, which I'm like oh wow that's that's huge and it's. It's amazing how low the numbers are actually, because like uh, Animal Crossing is number one, and it's like it like do it ten point four five million uh, for for the top there. Which I mean, I know Japan's not that not that big of a place, I guess, but I thought I thought it would have been sold more than that. But yeah, Animal Crossing New Horizons, the Switch one, is the number one game of all these, and just going down the list is really really interesting. So I'm just gonna go, I'm just gonna go through here, and we can you know respond to it if you want but number one animal crossing new horizons but number two is pokemon one like pokemon red blue you know red green blue at 10.2 million which i'm like well shit that's 1996 and after that is pokemon gold and silver which is pokemon 2 you know 1999 but number four is super mario brothers one with 6.8 million and number four 1985 and it says famicom on the side so i think they're only counting the cartridges i don't think they're counting well they weren't 
that wasn't a virtual console Japan because oh it wasn't came out in 83 yeah oh really well because well, yeah. you know like they say that like uh Wii Sports was a huge seller because it was a pack-in mm-hmm. which I'm like I'm like does that even count because you're not really buying the game because the game comes with the system but they they put it together like that I don't know but still that's very impressive I know that Super Mario Brothers was hugely impressive at uh in, in well it was very very popular in Japan but then, like, uh, number five is, like, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, the Switch version of Smash Brothers 2018. And under that, at number six, is Mario Kart 8, 6.5 million. And that's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. That's the Switch version, not the Wii U version, obviously. But then after that, it's, like, number seven, uh, Jeremy's favorite game, a new Super Mario Brothers on Nintendo DS. <laughs> like, that like that high up in number seven. And then after that, uh, Animal Crossing New Leaf on 3DS, uh, on number eight, which some people would say that that one's better than the other one, but whatever. Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield, Switch, number nine. Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, uh, number ten. Obviously, you see a trend of a lot of Pokemon stuff on there, of course. Pokemon's very popular in Japan and here as well. Uh, my favorite Pokemon, Pokemon Black and White, at number eleven on there, 5.5 million. Pokemon Ruby Sapphire, the first Game Boy Advance game, or first Game Boy Advance Pokemon. Animal Crossing Wild World for Nintendo DS, which I had that one, but didn't play it as much as the 3DS one. Um, and then it's like the one game in here that is not a Nintendo game, but still a Monster Hunter game, but it's like this Monster Hunter is the number one in Japan. Monster Hunter Freedom 3 for PlayStation Portable. I was just kind of like, wow, wow, okay. Like was a- that the first portable Monster Hunter, maybe? I mean, it, it could have been, right? Because I think the other two Monster Hunters were on, uh, were on I thought they were on PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, that, I was just like, wow. So maybe making that, it portable made it more, like, that was the first time it was, like, better for uh, multiplayer because you could take it with you. Yeah, I mean, that makes, I mean, we in, you know, Japan is, like, huge into portables and all that. So well, yeah, that might have been. Well, commuting. Well, yeah, yeah. That, that might have been the one that, like, really. Like blew it up for that for for you know blew up Monster Hunter in in Japan was uh yeah that, I mean that very much could have been the first one yeah no well was it Freedom Three right is that what it said Freedom Three I'm just at the Wikipedia which is coincidentally what I call the Constitution I rewrote <laughs> Freedom Three Freedonia that's what it was called <laughs> on uh, um what's it called that the the funny stuff Homestar Runner. <laughs> Home Star Runner game was freed Freedonia was the, was the fake uh, country that they created with the tire. So uh, Monster Hunter uh, Freedom Three, uh, Splatoon Two at number fifteen on Nintendo Switch, uh, Nintendo DS Brain Age Two, not one <laughs> Brain Age Two more training in minutes a day at number sixteen. Splatoon Three already at number seventeen, not really that old wow. with five million. I thought that was like, that's actually like, pretty okay. crazy. Yeah, I know Splatoon Three is, is that the newest. Splatoon three is the newest one, yeah. Well, I mean, I heard, I know the Splatoon three was really popular in Japan when it came out, and it's, all the Splatoons have been. But having two and three in like their top twenty of all time, I think is pretty cool. But New Horizons is still globally the, like the best selling Nintendo game, right? I think so. Yeah. Well, for Nintendo Switch, for sure. Well, just for Nintendo in general, I thought maybe I thought it passed Mario one. Yeah. Um, number eighteen, New Super Mario Bros. Wii. I like that game a lot. Pokemon X and Y for three DS. That was the first three D one. Um, and then, uh, and this one's interesting. Number 20, the only Dragon Quest on the whole list is Dragon Quest Nine: Sentinels of the Starry Skies, which I know Jeremy has that one. But I mean, I the big, I, I guess I would think that like three or five might be higher than that. Cause you know, three was so big, but I think the thing about Dragon Quest Nine is the fact that 
it was such a it was such an online game at the time that there was barely any online and uh Dragon Quest 9 actually pretty much invented they invented the street pass before the street pass existed on 3DS you could actually street pass dungeons and stuff through DSs before the 3DS was created and they were like yeah you could download extra dungeons you could basically do monster hunter in the world of Dragon Quest like with different multiplayer things and it was huge in Japan and I get it yeah I was like fuck and that was the first, I mean, that was the first Dragon Quest, like the first mainline Dragon Quest was brought back since 6 to Nintendo, so pretty big deal. I just thought that was a really interesting list there. Yeah, all of the games are Nintendo games except for one. 19 out of 20 yeah. games are the top-selling games in Japan. Or from Nintendo systems, yeah. Yep. And not even just, and, and, and not a single Super Nintendo, not a single Super Famicom game on there, weirdly enough. Right. Not only on Nintendo system, but then okay, so eighteen out of twenty are are Nintendo published or or Pokemon you know, company games. So uh, there was you had you had Monster Hunter from uh, Capcom and Dragon Quest from Square Enix. But other than that, the eighteen are Nintendo games. Yeah, through and through. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, well, Nintendo's doing fine in Japan. <laughs> I remember. Uh, I mean, it, you don't really see much. Uh, like, yeah, you don't see like anything. You don't see like any GameCube games on here. You don't see any like 64 games here or anything like that or Super Nintendo games even. But I remember, yeah, people being like, oh, Japan doesn't like Nintendo. I was like, well, obviously they do because look at this list. But this was, but a lot of this wasn't out yet at the time. There was no Switch or, and, and you know, and most of this, I mean, most of this is all handheld. You know, like the only, what, Wii? I think Wii is the only like thing on here that you can't play, that you could not play handheld out of all these things. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, there's only one Wii game that is not completely handheld, so there you go. Handheld is king in Japan. King or queen, ruler, yes. whatever. So yeah. But uh, that's good for me. I agree. We can, uh, that's an extra long one because of the opening thing, but whatever. It's it's a deluxe episode. Be happy whenever I get to the end of this when I'm uh, editing it. But thanks everybody for listening. If uh, If you like hearing our voices and you're still listening to this, uh, go to patreon.com slash podcast and you can hear more episodes with us. Uh, we just, just posted the Halloween episode. That was like almost eight hours straight of editing. I edited, edited both of those back-to-back, last week's episode and the Halloween one, one after another. And uh, on the if you're on the $5 Patreon level, the WAT radio is out right now. We got a lot, lots of good stuff in there, good Persona songs, Bayonetta, Pilot Wings. It's got a nice little spooky mix at the end there from our Halloween episode, so check it out. It was a, I had a lot of fun making it. And yeah, you can find that on patreon.com slash Podcast. And if you want to watch me play the first three hours of Resident Evil on cloud, go to youtube.com slash Podcast. You can find that on there. See the way it runs on Nintendo on Nintendo Switch. Also, uh, twitch.tv slash Podcast. That's where I've been streaming uh, Resident Evil Village on cloud on twitch.tv slash Nintendo main podcast. And also you can find us on Twitter now that, it, you know, as long as it's still standing, uh, you can, I guess we never really mentioned that, but we don't need to, uh, now that's the Twitter's in the news and all that, but we're still on Twitter as of now. I'm at Nintendo underscore domain and Jeremy's at J You can find us on there before Elon Musk buries it into the ground and all that. Um, yeah. And thanks everybody for listening. We've been your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. Jerry Mikowski. John Nitter. And uh, we'll see you next week. See ya!